What song do you want to hear, Dan? Beer! You are now listening to America's favorite craft beer podcast, a show that covers tricks, tips, and trends inside the craft beer industry. I am your host, craft beer enthusiast, Tom Simpson. Next to me, my co-host, a man with more untapped check-ins than you have steps on your Fitbit, the adjunct professor himself, Mr. Dan Holloway. Tune in, sit down, and drink up. And most importantly, thank you for joining us on another episode of America the Brute. Guess I'll have to wait until then. And if I get drunk, well, I'll pass out on the floor now, baby. You won't bother me no more. And if you're drinking, well, you know that you're my friend and I say, Welcome to Season 2, Episode 49 of America the Brutiful. We've got an action-packed episode this week, highlighting some important anniversaries. And I want to welcome in Jose, who many of you know as YankeeRunner77 on Instagram. He's filling in for Tom this week, as Tom's birthday is this week. It's his first birthday as a dad. He deserves some family time and fun, so we'll give it to him. Hey, Dan. Uh, first of all, happy birthday. Um... Thank you for having me. Um, in this episode, we go down to two breweries celebrating their two-year anniversaries. These are actually two breweries that you interviewed before they actually even opened. Um, and these two breweries uh, mean the world to me, uh, so I'm very happy that you decided to ask me to join, so thank you again. No crying, though. I'm going to do my best. I'm okay. going to do my best. <laughs> um, so we always like to go to new places, but I thought it would be fun to revisit and talk about you know places that we went to before they opened and where they are two years from the point that they opened also casey beer boss on instagram brought up to us the rise of loggers which is a topic that we've talked about on this podcast before but rarely if ever are they so highly rated that they reach top beer drops that said it did recently happen and the brewery might surprise you releases of course there's a lot of them. But first, before we even talk about that, let's have our first beer. And I want to welcome in Steve from Alternate Ending. Uh, Steve, tell us about the beer that me and Jose are drinking. Well, we're all drinking our uh, <clears throat> our second year anniversary triple decocted Czech Pills. It's, uh, I have a love-hate relationship with this beer. I am the assistant <laughs> brewer at Alternate Ending Beer Company. Brendan, our head brewer, is uh, on vacation, and me and Doug have the brew deck today. Uh, Scott will be joining us soon, but the beer we're drinking today is a love-hate relationship for me because it is a 13, 14-hour day for us. It's a triple decocted, so when we're brewing this beer, Brendan's moving this beer around three times, so there's, you know, he's more technical with with that stuff. I would love to get into it, but I'm still learning these processes, so I'll tell you as much as I can tell you, and we'll go from there. And what's the name of the beer? Uh, this is Out of the Shadows. It's our second anniversary beer, uh, triple decocted Czech pills. Awesome. All right, so let's dig into this. It's, this is the perfect beer to talk about what we're going to talk about uh, before we go and talk more with you guys. Uh, Root and Branch's first Marzen debuted on top beer drops. So here's the question, right? Are we going to see more of this? Will this start a trend of normalizing lagers for what, they, what they're worth, or are we going to continue to see some of the best lagers in the world floating around that 4-2 four, four, range on untapped? Yeah, so uh, you actually brought up his name earlier in the conversation. Uh, Casey Beerboss uh, brought up a very good point uh, with us on this. Uh, will it start to be something that is normalized, or is this just something that is going to be hype, and for good reason, of course. 
um, Root and Branch is getting uh, the boost uh, from its locals. Is that true? Right. So, I mean, I have no doubts that this is a great beer, but my guess is it's more of the latter. You know, no offense to Root and Branch. I haven't even tried this beer. I love their IPAs. But why do I think this? We just simply haven't seen that many lagers on top beer drops. And I would have imagined that somebody like Human Robot or Suarez or even here at Alternate Ending might have had one pop up on top beer drops. And we haven't seen that yet. Yeah, I actually agree with you on that. I mean, that's something that I asked myself. Is this um, something that is, is hype-driven? Uh, because Root & Branch is obviously one of the best IPAs, and they make amazing stouts. So I haven't really heard much about them on the lager side. So to see them on this list was a little surprising myself. Yeah, I'm like I'm completely surprised. Uh, and, and again, it might be a great Mars. Correct. You know, it might be a great Mars. I hope we get our hands on it. Yes, yes. I'm sure it's a very good beer. But the fact that... This is the first lager that I've seen come up, and it's not even a brewery that's known for lagers. Makes me just a little suspicious. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, take a seat. (laughs) Hey, Scott. All right, so Scott from Alternate Ending has joined in. Uh, We are going to talk more to you in a second, but I want to bring you in on what we were just talking about, and that's really the rise of lagers, right? It seems like lagers are getting more and more popular uh, you know, even just a few years ago, it was just like IPAs everywhere. And now there's more and more breweries opening up that are like, we love lagers, some that are just going to do lagers. But also the craft beer nerd drinking lagers. Which I love, by the way. Um, keep it coming, guys. Yeah, it's really refreshing, I think, as uh, I would say a brewer, but I haven't worn my boots in a while. But uh, <laughs> former brewer or brewer at heart uh, to have the lagers come back and... Uh, you know, everything comes full circle. Um, it's, you know, it's one of the oldest styles, uh, probably by necessity back in, you know, a long time ago. Um, so uh, to, to see this trend happening again is really exciting. And then um, to kind of be on the hopefully forefront of it in New Jersey, you know, there are a lot of great lager breweries around the country. Um, and there are breweries that do lagers very well, um, New Jersey is, as well. But to to really see a focus for us to to be in the lager game it's really uh exciting and good for me because i at this point enjoy drinking lagers more than i enjoy drinking anything else so i think it starts to become an age thing like you can you can pound (laughs) you can pound some big old stouts when you're younger and then when you get older your body starts saying "Eh, maybe calm down a bit yeah all right we're going to take a quick break when we come back we're going to talk about your two years here uh, and while we do that, we're going to be enjoying this lager that you guys made. So we'll be right back after this. Thank you. You say it's a birthday. It's my birthday to you. You say it's a birthday. We're going to have a good time. I'm glad it's your birthday. And welcome back. Season 2, Episode 49 of America the brutal we are at alternate ending i got scott right here with me jose is uh guest hosting with me today i want to start here last time that i was here was for the melissa's wings event uh as we mentioned on this podcast and in previous episode it was an incredible event for a great cause yes so i'm i have the pleasure of asking you the first question of this uh uh, beautiful podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no brew pubs are pretty unique in New Jersey. Uh, there's not many of them. Um, are you guys? How did you come across this liquor license? Like, 
it's such an amazing place in all of that. So, you know, what are your goals when you op first open? How close were you uh, to reaching those goals? Um, yeah, tell us a little bit about that. Okay, well, to start, um, originally this was going to be a production brewery. I never had any intention of opening up a brew pub. Um, we don't even like to call it a brew pub. We like to say we're a brewery. Um, so uh, while we were going through the process, uh, first the space, um, the letter of intent, the lease negotiations, uh, that, the landlord actually told me about a liquor license for sale in Aberdeen. And I just completely dismissed it. I said, liquor licenses are too expensive and I, I just want to operate a brewery, not a brew pub. And then I found out the price of it. And the last three liquor licenses for sale in the surrounding towns were all about a million dollars, Freehold, Marlboro, oh. Colts Neck. And then I found out that this was practically a tenth of that price. So it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. And so it just instantly had a, you know, you know, we didn't have to think about it too hard. We changed our model. And um, we went for it. And... Um, and uh, yeah, so so then we had to just transition to okay, so we're going to do a production brewery. Now we're going to do a brew pub. What does that look like? I don't know anything about running a restaurant, and and that's for sure. I barely know anything about running a brewery, and I'm about to run a <laughs> nine thousand square foot uh, production brewery. So, um, so we acquired the liquor license. Um, and found out all the different rules. One of the biggest hindrance is um, self-distribution is not allowed for, for restricted breweries. Uh, Brew Pub is a restricted brewery. A production brewery like, you know, Kane, Carton, uh, the bigger ones. I mean, every, every, every other one that you think of in New Jersey, um, those are just the two big ones around, are uh, limited breweries so or limited licenses. So, uh, yeah, so we just completely changed our model. Um, we brought in Tallulah's uh, out of Asbury Park to run our kitchen. Um, and Jose has a lovely pie sitting oh, next to him. I keep on looking at that. <laughs> it's so chicken. good. Yeah, it, it's uh, crunchy. So if you start eating it, yeah, uh, yeah. So, so yeah, so uh, that's kind of how it formed. And then as far as goals, short term goals was just to, you know, get this place running and outfit the place with staff um and you know kind of figure out what what we're doing here um so that was Tallulah's was instrumental in that because over the first year i just learned a lot about what it takes to run the front of house um and they were really important getting the place off off and running you know things that you never think of like cho choosing silverware or napkins all this stuff i would never have thought of they had done it before, so they were able to kind of put us on the right path. Um, so, yeah, short-term goals, we opened in COVID. So, really, it was just getting through COVID. And then long-term go goals, Jose, was really, you know, uh, every year you get a publication, um, uh, every brewer from the Brewers Association, and it puts a list of all the, you know, macro, micro, uh, brew pubs, um, small breweries, regional, everything. So it gives a list of how many barrels you make. Um, and it has a list of, you know, basically starting from one to 500, whatever. And on the first year, I saw us on the list, which I thought was really cool because I, awesome. I didn't think we'd be on it. So my long-term goal is to be on the first page, which is basically in the top 50 uh, brew pubs in the country as far as production. That's so awesome. short-term was just getting through COVID, learning as much as I could, um, making great beer. I mean, that's actually, I, I knew that was going to happen because of 
Brendan, Steve, and Doug. I'm looking at them now. Uh, Brendan's on a well-needed and deserved vacation right now. But I knew we were going to make great beer. Um, so really, it was just getting through a, a, you know, a tough time for all of us. You know, and I, and I can't say it enough. In terms of location, I think your brewery is my favorite in the state. Uh, but the beers have been great, too. Thank you. And, you know, I'm not sure if you had a particular vision when you guys opened, but you've been, we mentioned loggers in the intro. You've been killing it in the lager game. Thanks. So tell us about that. Um, you know, we, uh, we are all drinking uh, the anniversary lager right now, yeah. too. Yeah, so originally, I forgot who put it. Maybe it was um, someone, someone said the golden handcuffs coming from other half. You know, it's like you're expected to make great IPA. I mean, that that is just what the expectation was, I think, right off the bat. Our first can release, which accelerated way quicker than we thought we would just because of COVID, uh, we had a line around the building. And I sent a picture to Sam and Bobby, who's now uh, the head brewer at uh, up in uh, the, the Pennsylvania location, the Philly location um, of, of our line. And I just was so proud to show that to them. Um, but I think people were coming for our IPA, not for our lager. Um, so um, then just seeing what our space, what we enjoy drinking, looking forward to the trends, you know, it's always good to, to look ahead and saw this lager trend happening. Um, we just kind of shifted. I mean, we still we still make juice. You know, our our uh, what if IPA is a juicy 7.5% everyday IPA. Although when you think about it, it's a little bit high when you want to drink six of them. But um, <laughs> uh, we were just talking about that the other day with our distributors. Well, that that used to be like if uh, back in the day, a seven and a half percent IPA was like a big IPA. Yeah. Now everybody's making triple, quadruple right. IPAs. Yeah. Like, now it became a, a session. Yeah. We just did a triple with uh, the guys from District uh, on last Friday, and I mean, I'm a hop head. I love hops, but lagers. Loggers are loggers are now. It, it makes it easier, as I guess maybe because I'm a brewer now that I look at loggers as something I want to drink because I can drink longer and and have a few more than compared to like IPAs. If I'm drinking a quadruple, I was telling you before, if I'm drinking a quadruple, I'm going to bed right right after I'm done drinking because <laughs> like it's it's a it's a good night beer. It's uh, have this good night, have a good you know. Yeah, and I think what a lot of people don't realize uh, with loggers there's so many different styles of them you know obviously you can there's so many different hops so you could uh variate you know ipa and you know we have a two hop series where we just do variations on those hops um but with lagers each style is very different from one another um so right now we're, we're drinking our czech anniversary style um we our our house german and you have places like wild east that you know specialize in czech styles we specialize more in german styles um so there's you know region to region you have your italian pills you have your dark lagers so smoke lagers i mean there's so many different ways to go about it and what we saw with our releases we would always we still sell the most what if um and and that's great but when we sell uh when we put our lagers in a 12 ounce can and go retro with it we sell out so quickly it's really refreshing to see so um you know we'll, we'll always sell volume wise more ipa but the stuff that is more demand i think is the the variant lagers that we do awesome yeah so uh, just in case you guys are wondering with all that little back noise we're, we're coming to you live from the brew house which is kind of cool so all the beers that are being made uh, we're right here with them so um 
besides the loggers, which I love. I absolutely love everything that you guys are doing. Um, that is not the only uh, style of beers that you make. Uh, one thing that you made uh, for the two-year anniversary uh, was a barley wine that we're going to pop open right now and uh, try, and as well as the uh, barrel-aged uh, bourbon, barrel-aged uh, vanilla stout. So uh, if you want to tell us a little bit more about both of these beers. Yeah, uh, so... I was never a barley wine fan, um, <laughs> and when I, I brought Brendan out from Kansas, um, he brought a barley wine, and I was like, I, you know, I don't, I'm just, I'm shaking, I'm waving my hand away, like, nah, I don't, he's like, you have to try it, and he's like, I make a good barley wine. I'm like, all right, it's not bad. And when you, sometimes when you say it's not bad, that doesn't yeah. mean it's good, but over time, I've the definitely... New one, the new one is interesting. Yeah. When you're like, oh, this is interesting. interesting. It's not exactly good, but... Interesting is not always good. It's tolerable. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's the nice way to say it. So, this barley wine uh, we did was from Brendan's recipe. Um, we put it in um, whiskey barrels for a really long time. What was it about... Was it, like a, it was it was over a year. Over a year and over almost only a year in a bottle too. Yeah. So then everything we do here in bottles, we bottle condition. You know, there are a few breweries that do it. Um, you're talking about like your your Suarez, your Hill Farmstead. It's definitely, it, you know, it, it's a math equation, and sometimes it doesn't always work. Sometimes it takes a really long time. The beer really, you know, tells you when it's ready. It could be warm in here, and it will happen quicker. It could be cold, and it'll happen slower. So. It changes from bottle to bottle, and with our saisons and and we always use Brett to bottle condition. Um, with our barley wine, uh, we just use a uh, bottle conditioning yeast. Um, so we brewed this, uh, put it in the, the barrel uh, for about a year, then we put it in the bottle for about a year because every time we tried it, it just wasn't ready. Finally, we fell in a good enough position. I mean, it's also, what is it, 14%? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, so oh, yeah, it's a 14% barley right. <laughs> wine. That's all I'm sipping on. This. I'm glad uh, it's a taster yeah. right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. And I love barley wines. They're, they're, barley wines are like one of those beers, again, it's, it's an nightcap. You open a bottle, you know, obviously you're not opening a 750 to drink by yourself, but if you're opening up a, a 500, you could, you know, put it down and barley wines are a good This is night. an American barley wine, right? Yeah. Yep. And then, uh, what are the tasting notes? Doug, you know the tasting notes on this? No? Well, I get uh, a lot of caramel on the nose. Yeah. So that's, like, that's like the big one. Yeah. I mean, me. I'm not a yeah. brewer, but yeah, no, <laughs> I'm I get a drinker, that too. So. And what's really cool about this, we still have two more barrels. One we were going to let ride for two full years in the barrel. And one, if anyone who knows Al from East Coast Yeast, he's a brilliant man who has some of the best funky stuff, some of the best yeast. Um, here, Doug, why don't you read it? I'm putting you on the spot. Sure. We got uh, toffee, dark fruit, and bourbon on this one. All right. So those are the tasting notes from this barley wine. Uh, so we have one barrel that um, Al isolated Brett from Dr. Pepper. Interesting. Really? Soda, yeah. And so we inoculated this barrel with uh, the same Brett that he found in Dr. Pepper. So right now it's sitting in there kind of doing its thing. It's probably going to be drier than this because Brett loves to consume any sugar that it, that it finds. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that's going to be a really interesting beer. We're, we're due to taste it pretty soon. Uh, so also, going off topic a, a second here, uh, and I don't know if there's going to be an ongoing thing, but this is something that kind of caught my eye. Uh, the Giant Seahawks game, you're going to have a cool, like, tailgate buffet here. Yeah. Tell us about that, and is that something we're going to see throughout 
football season maybe we're gonna come back or yeah we're gonna try it out so this is something different we're doing again like the, the new jersey laws just plain out suck i mean it's not fair for limited breweries not to have events it's it's crazy and we're working on something to try to raise a little bit of money and, and give it to the um our guild to kind of call attention to it um which we'll talk about at another time i think once we finalize it but um we're not limited uh with those same regulations so we can do this we can promote it on social we can have a lot of events so this event is kind of coming from uh uh we have a full well it wasn't a full wedding buyout so we had a a wedding in on sunday uh morning and they were just going to take uh the movie theater room and then part it outside a little bit but we we're like you know what Let, let's just make sure that they have the best experience possible so we um said you know what instead of renting the tent you wanted to for an extra little bit of money we'll give you an entire full buyout and and so so now they have the full space they could have the best wedding possible and then after that we still have a full sunday afternoon so we're like you know what what can we do that's fun and uh steve um and emily steve from Tallulah's and emily and our, our incredible event manager came up with this great idea with alexis our, our head of marketing to kind of do a tailgate so why not we have the ability ability to do it um and the giants are playing at four o'clock which you know and they're, they're actually good for once and they're <laughs> actually good for once so people <laughs> may actually come and watch yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so we're going to show the giant game on the big screen we have a 200 about a 200 inch screen uh we're going to do 20 dollars all you can eat uh pizza wings chili uh, basically buffet. We'll you do can't it. fucking beat that. That's yeah. amazing. Oh yeah. So come, you know, if you eat 24 wings, you're looking at under a buck a wing. It's great. <laughs> uh, which I could probably do. Our wings are pretty bomb. Um, and the chili that we make, it's great. So all the food Tallulah's and our kitchen, Kyle and, and grandpa in the back and Brad, they're all awesome. And, uh, so, so yeah, so 20 bucks, all you can eat cash bar, show the game. We're going to try to have some game, like games outside. Um, you know brendan's also really good at uh maybe steve can do it we have uh, like ring toss that we got to uh, uh install and cornhole and stuff like that so if it works out we're going to sell tickets hopefully we could pre-sell a decent amount uh you know it's kind of trial and error with a lot of these things we throw a bunch of stuff against the wall if it sticks we keep doing it if not we move on so i'm hoping that there, we have a good turnout and we could do it again because it sounds fun all right well uh Thank you for that, Scott. Oh, yeah. Sorry. It's long-winded. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, it's all yeah. good. Um, I always love to hear what you guys do for, for people. That's that's really nice. Thank you. Yeah. Um, but that being said, I did want to uh, announce some news that we're going to have here at Alternate Ending. Um, so, Dan, I know you love bottle shares. I do. So Correct. let me tell you what I, I decided to do here at Alternate Ending. I talked to Scott, and as many of you know, I love people. I, I love being around people. No. I love hugging people. And people uh, love you. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. All, all, all true statements. So I, I, I kind of came up to Scott and I said, hey, is it okay if on Thursdays we do uh, an IG meetup here uh, where, you know, we get all the IG people here and, you know, you could bring a bottle to share. Um, I want people to obviously buy our beer, try our beer, try our delicious food. Um, but he was all gun ho about it. So, uh, yeah, today's uh, the first day. We have a few people already waiting outside for us to, to join them. 
Uh, but going forward every Thursday, uh, starting around five or maybe six, depending on how this one goes, uh, we're gonna have a few pe few people from IG here just uh, popping a few bottles, drinking a few AE beers, and uh, enjoying some delicious pizza. Beautiful. And this is, you know, I, right now I got a a very sexy yeah. mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> got a very sexy pour came over to me from. Uh, yeah, you know, with all the foam here. Sorry, Sid, I said, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and this is, like, the perfect thing, too. You know, I feel like almost every bottle share you go to, people want to bring out, like, the big stouts or Absolutely. barley wines. And you need... This is like, cleanser. well, you know, this is exactly <laughs> this what you is need. what the loggers are for. Exactly. This is the reason. So you can keep on going through that bottle share and not, and not feeling death after, like, two hours. And... We talked about football before. Thursday night football's been terrible. <laughs> it's it's something good to look forward to is to uh, be able to drink a few beers with some friends on a Thursday. Absolutely. All right, so I'm going to bring up a few names here: uh, May, Layla, Lucy, Olivia, Sarah, Lola, and of course Elena. Uh, these are some of the bottles that you've released. Yeah. Um, we talked about the story of Elena on this podcast, but what went into the naming of the others? Is it is this like a Tell yeah. me, I don't yeah. know. That's so, <laughs> uh, you know, we, we took over an old movie theater, so we leaned into that movie angle, and all of our, basically all of our labels are somewhat related to a movie, um, mostly what-if scenarios, um, which I am now thinking my sister's going to kill me because I was supposed to uh, live tape a what-if scenario, but I got out of that one, I guess. So, um, I love music. Um, you know, we all love music, and but it's been such an important part of my life you know, if I'm having a, a bad day, a sad day, I'll throw on the Grateful Dead, and it makes me happy instantly. So I, I had to incorporate music uh, into, you know, what we do here. Also, Doug is a phenomenal musician. Brendan uh, was actually in a touring band. Um, Steve loves his hard stuff sometimes. I have to shut the office door. Um, <laughs> but uh, but so, so how are we going to incorporate music? I, I thought that what we're going to do with our bottle series our mixed cultures our saisons you know the stuff that's more delicate that's pretty that's just you know a special beer i wanted to do music for and there's nothing prettier than uh you know a beautiful woman and Agreed. and love it yeah <laughs> so how can we incorporate music and that beauty um to uh kind of create that bottle series so um, our bottle series became uh, female song names. So, and it actually started with one in the barrel that's going to be there the longest. Uh, one of my favorite Grateful Dead songs is Althea. So we brewed actually as a home brewer. That was what? Oh God, six years ago. Yeah. So we we brewed um, a uh, basically uh, an ode, or actually more of like a clone to as, as a home brewer to um russian river um and when i was out there i did that like 16 mm. sample and i fell in love with their their cherry like um almost like a flanders um the name escapes me right now i, I can't even remember what it, they, there's consecration, yeah. Sin, yeah. sanctification, it's, beatification. Exactly. I, I forget. It's yeah. so many. I, so, I forget which one's which sometimes <laughs> so there's a, a book called american sours and funny enough when you know, uh, Equilibrium was in their first um, location. I used to wait on that line and oh, sit so in a lawn chair and uh, uh, read American Sours. And Pete would always be like, oh, that's a great book. 
Next so week, while yeah. everybody's having crazy <laughs> bottle shares, you're sitting. <laughs> you're sitting in a. <laughs> yep, I'm reading a book, and that's it. I'm not eating barbecue. I'm not <laughs> drinking beer. <laughs> yep, I'm reading a book, and and so it was cool. So so we would talk about it, and so I basically took three different recipes, uh, one influenced by Russian River and a couple others, and combined into one, and we brewed it, and it was probably the best beer that the most complex beer we brewed as home brewers. Um, so we recreated that and um, into now it's sitting in one punch in and two barrels in the back. So so that was Althea and that's kind of where it was born. And then so from there, all of our bottles have been uh, song names, except for Elena, which is more thank important you, than any you. song <laughs> possible, um, which, that, yeah, no, it, it, it meant so much for us. And uh, yeah. Um, yes. Uh, again, I can't thank you guys enough for everything that you did with that. And, um, you know, I. Uh, have an update on that actually oh um in total we actually raised uh, about over thirty one thousand dollars get for the Melissa's fuck out of here so, wow. wow that's yeah. amazing yeah. that's amazing yeah. that's, uh, incredible. very special news so wow wow um yeah so um at the beginning you got here a little late so um we were actually talking <laughs> you know, that's that's a lot. About, about it was cold five o'clock yeah. i was here at four fifty five <laughs> <laughs> Got to throw them under the bus, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, so at the beginning, we were talking about Untapped and, um, you know, the rise of lagers and all these lagers that are just, you know, every brewery's now creating their own version of their lager and, and, and all these delicious lagers. Um, Two-part question for you. Um, do you care about Untapped ratings? And um, if so, um, are you going to, do you think we're going to go start seeing more higher ratings for lagers? Um, it's a good question. Um, do I care about it? Uh, I don't look at them. I probably I wouldn't sleep. Steve does. I do, and I, I'm, I'm just, I don't know why I read them. I don't care. I just, I want, if you're going to critique a beer, cr tell me why you didn't like it. Don't just rate it something and be like, oh, that's my biggest critique about Untapped. Uh-oh, that's me. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I've also... You know, I have like 16,000 uh, <laughs> Yes, you have yeah. a little too yeah. much. If I wrote a little bit about every one of them. I'm I'd almost be, at 10,000, but I actually uh, stopped rating my beers a very long time ago. Unfortunately, I do read Untapped when I can't sleep at like 2 in the morning. <laughs> I shouldn't do it. <laughs> but it's just something that I, I like to see what people know, what people like or don't like about our beer. And it, I think as a brewer, I know it's, I've spoken to other brewers and say, don't do it, don't do it. I can't. I it just, I need to. I want to see... You know, it, it's I don't I don't know. Maybe it, it comes from being wanting to be a chef and wanting to be a cook, and like I want to see what people think about what I'm feeding them. So I think to me, if it's the Yelp for beers, yeah, yeah, really, yeah, and we we take Yelp seriously for yeah, our food. Yeah. So it's you know it's something that I don't I don't know. It's just. For me, social media has always been. God, don't know yeah, I, I was I boycotted it for the really for a really long time. Long so time. Long time. and to me, it's a form of it. it. It's <laughs> it's something that is important probably to the industry, and yes. it is important to like Steve said. If you get real notes, I think you could learn from them. I I just rely on Steve and other people to let me know um, what's going on. But I, I personally don't read it. Um, I think we're going to be more involved in it going forward now that our distribution is growing from here to Pennsylvania and eventually New York, Connecticut. So I think that's going to be more important. I've now been talking to European distributions and they actually 
rely on untapped to choose which beers they bring in there oh, wow. and to a certain extent uh so it is important for for if we want to get into that european market that we are um kind of looking at that and maybe um you know I, I know total consciousness is a beer that we brew that has a pretty good untap rating so i think if we want to send that over to europe that's a beer that we might have to brew more often so i i do see the value in it i think it's important um but personally i just i just don't read it because i i can't sleep as it is so if i start <laughs> reading that I'm, I'll, I'll never sleep uh so actually steve mentioned this before uh, you recently brewed a beer with our friends at District 96. Love those guys. Uh, tell us about that beer and then also any other collabs on the horizon that you want to talk oh, about or not us. talk yeah. about. It's up to you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so, you know, first of all, Johnny um, is yeah. one of the greatest greatest people in the world. You know, he, Love he, you, Johnny. He's just Shout you know, out Johnny. One, of the, the, one of those guys that, you know, he, you could just be around and feel better about yourself about life like he's just a really good person and he doesn't even have to say anything it's just his presence it's, it's really cool to have people like that um jose being one of them as well um so make him cry. yeah he probably will cry um so um we were um you know it's just always like just tell me when and we'll do it and and it was it was just like all right let's do it and so we wanted to do something different uh last time we did our two collabs. It was a home and home, and Sung and Brendan basically ran those two collabs, and they wanted to brew what they wanted to brew, which I think they were, both beers came out great. Uh, both used rye, so if you don't love rye, especially in an IPA, it's it could be not off-putting, but you if you don't love it, then you don't love it's it. Different. So I don't think that that was a good beer, but over time, it it just got too spicy for me. So I wanted to go something big and a little bit safer um although we did experimental hops so uh, whoa, honestly whoa, whoa, whoa. we did yeah. we did we did uh we did cgx which i just dry hopped in today and then we also for the for the boil we threw in hops uh hop salvo uh which is uh salvo is from hopsteiner shout out to heather um salvo we did oh the heather yeah, we we used uh, the Eldorado hop sal the Salvo Eldorado, which is it's basically it's a oil concentrate of uh, I guess is it extract. Or it's an extract, yeah. It's almost like an oil that you're putting in there, so it really contributes uh, no bitterness to the beer. Um, although since this was a triple IPA, I uh, was concerned, and Brendan read my mind because I came in that morning and I'm like. You know, the last one we used Salvo, uh, we didn't put any uh, bittering hops in. And I just said to Brendan, I'm like, I, I think we, I, or I said, I'm concerned that this is going to be too sweet. Um, I think we should put some bittering hops. And he's like, I just changed the recipe. I put in um, a eight small, hours, like, yeah. eight, eight IBUs of Magnum at, you know, 60 or 90 minutes. I forgot what it was. But Magnum um, hops are just super clean for bittering. Um, so the brewer in you lives, my friend. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, know, you made you it seem that? like I don't know. I'm not really involved yeah. in anything anymore. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. uh. Likes to, listen, Scott <laughs> likes to get his hands dirty. He'll go and he'll plow out the uh, the the mash tun if if we're around. If I he's do around enjoy and it. He wants to do it. It's cathartic. You know, I, listen, I get it because like you want to still have a little touch of like of that brewing side, and like you know you always want to. You know, you don't do it all the time, and sometimes I feel like you—you you probably. I mean, I can't speak for you, but you, sometimes you probably miss it. Just I do, time. yeah. I like uh, sweating into the, the kettle. <laughs> when can we get you on the deck? Come uh, on. Honestly, you, the what? three of you what? have. Uh, on the deck one day. That would be great. 
the three of you have you surpassed you uh, my knowledge. You know, I, Listen, I, I'm still learning. Me and Doug are we're learning from Brendan, and you know, day in and day out, I think I come in here every day and I learn something new about brewing. And I, I can't speak for Doug, but like you know, Doug has been home brewing a lot also, and. I've learned a lot from Scott and Brendan, you know, even when we were homebrewing and he was working and, and going through school and stuff like there's a lot there's a, so much to learn and I'm in my infancy of brewing and I, I, I love it. Yeah, awesome. we have two different approaches and, and Brendan's is more of a repeatable approach and I can't pull off what he pulls off with these uh, decoction loggers and, and, and stuff like that. So um, but back to the the collab with uh district uh so triple ipa uh it finished uh perfectly um we used the the salvo a little bit of bitterness just to cut through that triple um you know some of these triples are too sweet they don't finish all the way but um depending on the generation of yeast you use it it could kind of hold up better um and and cut through all, all that all that sugar so um we dry hop with um uh, uh, El Dorado uh, CGX from our very good friend Nolan at Crosby, who is one of the another really good person. Um, and then we use Citra and uh, Simcoe. Um, and uh, I think it's going to be a great beer. Uh, we tried it today right before dry hop. Um, and uh, the color looks great. It's really hazy. It's going to be just juicy. It'll probably, it's definitely a little boozy right now, but it'll, it'll mellow out. And so that's a release here? Yes. Yep. Yep. Yes. Yep. It's going to be released here. So first I threw you under the bus. Now I'm going to put you on the spot because okay. you're kind of skating around it. Um, <laughs> he did ask you the question, uh, you know, what future collaborations mm. are we doing? So uh, are, we, uh, are we allowed to say? I, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so um, this, is, this is actually really exciting. I'm sorry, Doug, because I, I need someone to stay behind. Uh, so um, <laughs> We trust Doug a lot. Yeah. Uh, so in December, we're... Uh, we're going to the West Coast, and we're going to be brewing with Harland. And oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah, so Ryan, um, Steve set this up. Uh, Actually, Doug, me and Doug. Yeah, they met at we, uh, Green uh, City. Yeah, yeah, you could tell. We were, me and Doug, like, I'm, you know, I, since the pandemic and everything, like, uh, festivals, I used to love going to festivals before the pandemic, and Green City was coming back, and I told Doug, I'm like, we're going. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. I'm, I'm dragging you, whether it's with you, my wife, and your wife, but we're going. And we got there, and you know we went to the Harlan uh, station, and we literally—they had a rice lager with uzu, and me and Doug sat there for a half hour just BSing with Ryan and the—you know—his name escapes me, but the owner from uh, from Harlan. And I don't know, what about a half hour we spoke to them? At least, yeah, I feel like we just hit it off with them right away. And yeah, and then funny enough, we we left there, and Sung was like, "Oh, we gotta go introduce you to these uh, really cool brewers." And it was the guy from Har- the guys from Harlan. Uh, you know, I sent him out a package of our beer, and I said, "Hey, you know, so nice meeting you. You know, thank you for talking to us." So I, you know, just as a gesture of being nice, you know, just giving us their time at the festival. Um, and then they had a few of our beers, and they're like, "Dude, we need to come out here and do a beer together." Oh, so they're coming out here? No, they're I mean, I mean, other way. Sorry. Other way. Okay. Yeah, yeah we're yeah. going out there. Okay. Yeah. But hopefully, they'll come out here. It's better to go to San Diego in December yes, yes. and come here. And, yeah. Before uh, my birthday. Too, yeah. So, and and the best part is Jose is coming. Yes, uh, you know, you Jose, we wouldn't be we wouldn't be sitting at this table. Um, we wouldn't be where we are without Jose and. Now you're going to make him cry. Yeah. 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 It's not a good, it's not a day unless you make this guy cry. Yeah. So, so Jose's coming with us and we're going to spend a few days out 
out there and um, yeah, check out some different breweries. And, you know, it's funny enough, the, the reason I have this brewery right now is because of a trip to San Diego when I went to Stone. Uh, in the Escondido lo- location. Oh, my God. The Escondido location it's is... Go- so, I think I it was... Uh, I looked at my... Uh, you know, like, Facebook has these... Like back in time. Back in time, yeah. whatever. And I think it was either 2012 or 2013. A buddy of mine had a bachelor party in California. We hit yeah. all five baseball stadiums. Oh, wow. In a week. Awesome. Right? That's great. And uh, back then... Like, Stone was cool, yeah, man, yeah. you know? And we went to the Escondido location, and I'm like, this is gorgeous. It blew my like, mind. Like, I'm just used to the breweries out here on the East Coast, yep. and there was nothing like that. There's nothing like it. It's just so tranquil, and, you know, koi ponds and waterfalls and Adirondack chairs and <laughs> kids playing cornhole and bocce just, ball. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, I want to open up a brewery one day, and I want it to look exactly like this doesn't look this brewery does not look anything like it but i'm pretty happy with where we are so you know without them and making that one trip it, it I w- this wouldn't be possible so you know who knows if we'll end up out there i think you guys should check it out because it is still oh, beautiful uh, and there's so many you know we're gonna go check out north park and um you know i think they won a lot of awards uh just just their, previously. Their beers are great oh, oh my god if you, and, and they're so nice i was just gonna say they're yeah. amazing yeah people. if yeah. you're on the east coast and someone says hey i got some north park to ship to you take them up on it because the correct answer is yes yes mm-hmm. absolutely shout yeah. out to mac yes yeah. 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 great dude great dude yeah and then hopefully um um, I'm going to put pressure on you. We should be doing something with Twin Elephant whoop, whoop. soon. Ooh, uh, we've been nice. talking for a while. Tim. Um, we had a really great time. It's uh, got a, are you going to do a, a music uh, name to the beer? Maybe. They're very much Yeah, the well, it's funny because we actually have a, a Shimmy Shimmy um, a single hop IPA, but it's based on uh, Big, Big. Uh, the movie yeah. Big. And there is, uh, you know, on Wu-Tang. And um, oh. yeah, I could. It's for the children. We could get uh, one sort of member of Wu Tang to be involved, but we'll we'll see about oh, that. Sh- what? Uh, what? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, yeah. what is going not on yet. here? Not yet, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Right, right. Not yet. They're not ready for that. All right. Well, but uh, I'm th- not ready for that. This no. beer would be um, one of the most different beers that you've had because it's. Well, we'll see what happens, but uh, I, we're going to get it on the book soon. Other than that, do we have anything else? No, other than that, that, I mean, I mean that's uh, that's some pretty big news. Yeah, yeah. 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 All right, I want to have some some fun here. So we made some fun questions. There are some that the first two, I guess, I can't even ask Steve because he 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 he's <laughs> patrolling all the untapped ratings, so I can't even ask him this. So, Scott, you don't patrol I can't the remember. untapped. Yeah. Uh, what's your highest rated beer on Untapped? Do you know what your highest rated? Wait, wait. Ooh. So. You know, My I guess mean, is uh, total consciousness. My guess would be, I would have thought like maybe like the one of the the anniversary beers from last year, or maybe. Oh God, I, I, I honestly I don't even know. So the answer is a beautiful friendship. Toasted hazelnut and wow. cacao. Wow, yeah. that is yeah. blowing my my yeah. mind right yeah. now. Wow. Well, I mean, this also goes back to stouts are rated like yes. yeah. You put like stouts always get rated higher than yeah. like it's it's one of the highest rated beers. That's stouts. really cool, actually. With that beer, Brendan, when he was at at um, uh, his brew brew pub in Kansas, he won a uh, gold a gold medal or yeah, gold medal. for yeah. that for that beer or for a variation of that beer. 
So that's not too yeah, surprising. Or, the ba- I, or maybe it was the base of that beer. Something like that. But right, yeah. So what is the most checked in beer on Untapped? I would probably say what if. I would say or. why not. It's what if. And yeah. it's by a, lo- a yeah. lot. By a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, listen, what if is our flagship IPA? And I think, you know, now that me and Doug were brewing this and, you know, even, like we put our heart and soul into this beer and we, you know, we want to make it taste the same exact way every time someone tastes it. And we wanted to, you know, from the day, from day one to, to now, like we want that beer to always be kicking and, and, and everyone loving that beer. So wait, I don't even know if we talked about the anniversary one you did for oh. So, so tell us about that beer before we get oh, into, yeah. before yeah. we get into some stupid Correct. questions I came yeah. up with. So, uh, I mean, the, the decoction or the, no, no, the, the triple, the beautiful friendship, right? Well, no, yeah. I was told the what if. Oh, what if? Yeah. So yeah, the yeah. what if is uh, the what? So it's funny enough. Actually, last year Doug brewed the triple dry hop. What if? And this year I brewed it. And the triple dry hop. What if is? I think honestly, it could be probably my favorite beer that we actually brewed. I don't think because you brewed it. No, 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 no. No, honestly, no, even was better. <laughs> even when Doug brewed it, I, I just I, I don't know. I I'm a, I'm a sucker for triple dry hop. If you sure. have triple dry hop on your label. I'm buying it. Yeah, you know, well, like, there's there's definitely some things you can put on a label. Yeah, and, oh, yeah. And yeah. the oh, beer yeah. nerd is going to be like, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy that one. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm a beer nerd before I was ever a brewer. Like, I, I you know, True. I our buddy Russell got me into beer, and then, like, I was like, nah, you, you're not into beer. Let me really get you into beer. And I was... I was I was a hunter. I was hunting for beer all over the place, and IPAs, lagers, whatever. But, you know, I would go back to our triple dry hop what if. It's one of my favorite, and I not because I it's brewed good. it or because Doug brewed it. I just think it's 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 a really good executed beer, you know, dry hopped and everything. So yeah, it's uh yeah, it's definitely you could see the extra couple pounds per barrel where it comes oh, yeah. through in the nose and the even in the haze. It's 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 almost annoying because all of my friends are just like, can't you brew this all the time? <laughs> and like, you know how much more this costs. Yes. Uh, but you know, it, it it's fine. We're gonna actually because of the response to it, I think we're gonna up our dry hop in rate on it. almost every single beer that we yeah. do now. Oh yeah, yeah. so you get all the hop heads here. Though. Yeah. I don't know if you want that. Yeah. I'm here. I'm already here. I'm yeah. here. I'm a. Me, I think, I think, yeah. I think me and Doug. You know, listen. Like I said before, we love our lagers. But there's just something about cracking open a can of a just a juicy IPA Ooh. that just you know it's it's, nice. it's just something that I love and I've always loved and I'm always gonna love. But again, I do love my lagers. And uh, that reference was to the bottle that is out right now that uh, I also <laughs> just finished. Well, I finished my pour of it, which is uh, the Elena, Elena, which I feel like is better than the first time I had it, which yeah. was uh, or actually second time i had it first and second time i had it this is the, the best iteration <laughs> of it um i get yeah, the features nice. on the nose it's, really yes, like it's coming through this is crazy nice. it changed a lot in the bottle and that's the thing the bottle condition bottles. so it changes <laughs> what i'm sorry uh, yeah <laughs> all right all right some here's some yes listen you guys Excited are the movie brewery yeah right mm. this is me. a <laughs> this is a former movie theater transformed into a beautiful brew pub Thank with you. great food great beer you make a lot of your beers with movie names and movie references. So now, in the end of October, when we are recording this, 
we are in that Halloween season, right? Yeah. So we're going to ask you some questions, and I expect you to have the answers to these. I, I wouldn't I know. Hope it. So. I don't. I, I love I would horror movies. Yeah. Are they are they about genre. horror movies? They are. Of okay. Course, Let's do it. So there's actually only one of these that I would have gotten right myself. Really? But okay. but but here's the first one. Halloween ends just came out. Mm-hmm. It's theoretically the last movie in the franchise. Although, like, many times I thought, oh, that's it. Sure. Um, how many movies are there in that franchise? He's counting. I, yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to guess seven, but there's probably more. Yeah, not, not I will tell you that you are, you are, you are <laughs> yeah, not close, not my friend. <laughs> I guess it's been going for a really long time. Way too long, yeah. in my opinion. 22? Uh-oh, so right in the middle, right in the middle, yeah. uh, 13, 13. Okay. 13. You know, actually, that's the exact that, yeah. same thing I was going to say. It was yeah. either fri- I was going to say 13 for Friday the 13th. It would be funny because of that. Okay, all right, so let's jump to all here. Right. Uh, so in Nightmare on Elm Street, what is the first thing Nancy brings back into reality from her dream? Wait, which one? Which in the first one. The first oh, one. Um, a piece of Freddy's clothes. What, what piece? What piece? The glove. Mm-hmm. Oh. You can't touch the glove. Piece of sweater? Hat. Yes. Oh. Okay. Listen, Nightmare on Elm Street, the first one's good, but... Oh, it, it's not good, it's great. That it was, uh, okay, wait, though. She was in the psych ward, and they were analyzing her brain, right? And then she brought it back. And No, like, she brought it back, not then. She brought it no? back in, I think, her bed. Oh, yeah. right, and yeah. then the mom saw it, right? Yeah, where she had, uh, Johnny Depp was supposed to keep her al- yes. uh, awake. Yeah. Yes, He failed. He also yeah. dies in that movie. Yes, yeah. All right. <laughs> on, the, on, the, on the ceiling, right? Yes, yes. Well, I mean, me and Scott, like I said, we've known each other for so long, and I think we've seen, I think with a group of friends, we've probably seen... 500,000 movies? <laughs> 500, <000. laughs> no, like yeah. five to like 500 to like a thousand. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> no, no. God, I wish. Like yeah. every single day of our <laughs> yeah. lives. No, but we, we were younger. We would, we would like on a Friday, Saturday night, we would watch, we would hang out and watch movies. I like, used to we, come to this movie theater to watch movies. Absolutely. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah, I lived around the corner. All right, how many Friday the 13th movies are there? Trick question. It's not a trick question. Well, uh, you would assume that maybe it was the answer from the previous yeah. one. I was going to say. Well, now you know yeah. that it's not. Does that yeah. include Jason versus Freddy? I believe so. That franchise, yes. Mm. Oh, Steve. Go with eleven. No, with thirteen. So it's twelve. You got it again. <laughs> again. Just, all right, and then here's a subjective one. We'll we'll have a little fun with this. I know what my answer is. What is the best scary movie of all time? Poltergeist. Poltergeist, really? The original Poltergeist. The original. They're Obviously. here. As a kid, it scared me the most. Definitely. Poltergeist. My my answer is the Omen, the original Omen. Ooh, that's a great. The Omen is a classic for me. I, yeah. That's a great it's, one. It's, it's more of a theatrical. Even Poltergeist. The, the seventies. Really let it be known, Dougie doesn't like yeah. scary movies. Yeah. <laughs> Tell him, Dougie. Not, not so much. Yeah. So I, I'm gonna <laughs> go a little bit more modern uh, okay. because horror movies are my. My favorite genre, uh, Insidious. Got really? Me. Those are very yeah. good. Yeah, uh, yeah. Got I me. have a movie for you. You have to watch. There's two movies you have to watch. X and Barbarian. Saw Barbarian. Yeah? How yeah. was it? Oh, that's the new one. Yeah, right? that's the one. Good. So basically, this woman goes to an Airbnb. She shares an Airbnb with the dude. And then there's a whole like crazy so thing. Fun. Funny story. You could curse. No, no, no. No, no, no. I'm just trying to think of like, because I... Uh, my, we were actually me and my my but our, my buddy our buddy Russell 
we're having this conversation last night about what next movie horror movie should I watch and Barbarian came up and X came up yeah but X you should watch alright and Smile Smile, smile I haven't seen yeah. yeah so Insidious was actually created because the the director saw the movie Saw sorry the director saw the movie Saw and he hated it he's like this is not where horror movies need to go down and he created Insidious based off of that now I thought the first Saw was actually very good I, I love I, Saw I think oh, yeah. I've seen two or three of them how I many are there? I have no <laughs> idea. Yeah, yeah. I asked the questions here. <laughs> yeah, me too. And then, and then, if we are going in that Halloween theme, and you're out there and you're looking for a movie, one movie that's one of my favorites of all time, mm-hmm. although I wouldn't consider it a horror movie, The Orphanage, the oh, Guillermo del Toro movie. Oh, he could tell unbelievable. The, one of the best. I think yeah, he's a yeah. great storyteller. Yes. All right. It's been fun. Uh, Jose tells me there are some beers to be cracked. So uh, we'll be back with more after this. And welcome back to Season 2, Episode 49 of America the Brutiful. If you're a long-time listener to this podcast, you may remember an early interview we did in October. It was October 16th of 2020, right before our next guests opened their brewery in Atlantic City. I want to welcome in Sean and Amanda, co-owners, co-brewers, co-everything of The Seed. Welcome, guys. What's up, Dan? Thanks for having us. Hi. Uh, so, back then... Uh, Tom and I had talked to you, Sean, uh, before all the I's and were dotted and the T's were crossed, and we could actually see the brewery in the Zoom thing that we did, and uh, right behind you guys was Jose, who's back here hola, co-hosting hola. with me uh, this week. Uh, so since then, according to Untapped, uh, you guys have brewed about 100 beers, you've done festivals, Damn. You didn't know that, huh? That's wild. Yeah, I think I think <laughs> when I looked, it was 101, <laughs> and it may be enough. it may be actually 102 because I don't know if the other beer in front of us was added yet. Uh, so you've done a bunch of festivals, received plenty of accolades. I figured it'd be great to come back down here, talk to you guys here in person. So, uh, Jose, I know you've you got some questions. I've got some questions, but Absolutely. I'll let you start. All right. Thank you for letting me have the first question. So um, I wanted to start here. Uh, what were the biggest challenges you guys faced as a brewery uh, when you first opened? Oof. Uh, <laughs> biggest challenges opening a brewery. Oh, right? that's yeah. That's in, in New Jersey. In New Jersey. Yeah. During a pandemic. During a pandemic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a lot of things. I don't know, man. Everything. Everything just takes so much longer than you expect it to take, and that'll be. I think that'll be the same story you'll hear from anybody that's opening a brewery. It's. Uh, we, I think we had a little bit of a different path, which we were lucky because Amanda, I mean, at this point now, Amanda's been brewing for over a decade here in New Jersey. So we've had a little bit of, uh, you know, behind the curtains insight of what it takes on the production scale, what it takes on the business side of things. But I mean, you're still, you're still opening your own new business. So a lot of the hurdles are regulatory. A lot of the hurdles are permitting paperwork all the shit that you don't really expect that like you're going to be concerned about opening a brewery it's just making good beer and figuring out how to get people on board with your story um 
but I, I don't obstacle wise I think the biggest thing is just for me was you know the business side of things which I would assume is similar for everyone do you, do you agree I agree yeah we know how to make beer but we don't necessarily we didn't really know how to start a business so it's been an adventure the making the beer part is the most important part for the consumer yeah of uh, course I would say uh, before we continue what beer are Jose and I drinking right now what, what beer do we have in front of us yeah so we're doing uh, what we're kind of like jokingly dubbing as a residency with uh, our buddy Jason from Timber Ales. So, I think everyone knows that we're not really a stout brewery. It's not, it's not our focus. It's not our passion. It's uh, not really anything that we set out in the business plan or the original goals for the brewery to be targeting this, like, continual stout release hype world. Um, but we're always interested in, in learning, and we've gotten really close with Jason over the years, and he's interested in learning as well. So, for him, he's obviously spent many, many years focusing on how to make stout this gives him an opportunity to dive in on new water new systems blah 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 and it lets us learn something that's completely out of our comfort zone so this beer modern rituals further in since the third release um adjuncted non-barrel aged stout from this season with uh or this year i should say with coconut uh papua new guinea vanilla and cinnamon uh so when are you guys going to help jason make a saison is that going to happen? You didn't it's, get to try chasing Saison? I, I didn't. I saw all, all the stuff online. We had a big line at, a, at a Voodoo, silent release at Voodoo's Fest this year. It was, it was something. <laughs> uh, let's talk about this. In the two years you've been open, you received significant accolades. In the last episode, we made fun of the USA uh, Today list from this year, mainly because they included beer bars that are no longer open. And uh, there's some questionable breweries in the new brewery uh, list. But you guys won the best new brewery. And the year they did that, I loved the list of other breweries that they had. How big was that to you guys, if at all? Like, did that bring any added attention to you guys or no? I think so. I think it took a minute. Like, once I think it started, like, appearing in uh, more local like newspapers and stuff then people kind of started trickling in and being like oh I read this and I don't know whatever the local Philly paper is or whatever and we're like oh, they, we didn't even know you were here and now we do because this is really exciting and we had people um, I remember I think from was there someone on that list from Maine that came out and they're like we're really tight with this brewery who's also on that list and then when you guys won we're like well I guess we need to see what was voted number one and like just stories like that were really neat that's awesome yeah I mean we've like I said before, man has been brewing for so long that we've been lucky enough to network with folks for a while. So uh, I guess to our detriment, we didn't do a good job of marketing uh, in the beginning because we knew that we had enough friends and supporters that we've made throughout the years that like we got a pretty good influx of folks from the Philly beer scene, from the New York beer scene that supported us for a while when we opened. Um, but it was things like that that we wouldn't normally lean towards as like big benefits that brought a, lo- a lot of local folks in that we weren't really doing a good job of, of like making them aware of what we're doing and who we are and stuff like that, which was really cool. Yeah, so um, you actually mentioned this earlier that opening up during COVID, it was very difficult. Um, it was weird for all of us. Um, so you guys started allowing proxies and, um, you know, beer sales online started popping up. How cool was it to, to see your Saison sell out in minutes? Um, was it a surprise to you guys to see that right off the bat? 
Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it's Saison. Yeah. We, we package Saison, and we're like, oh, that's that's nice. And then we put it out online, and we're like, oh, I wonder if anyone's going to buy it, because it's Saison. So anytime anyone buys a bottle, like if I get an order for a bottle, it's very exciting for me. Yeah, I mean, we're, we opened the brewery to make the beer that we wanted to make, so... Like if we're if we're falling into this realm of chasing the the hype trains just to make sure the shit sells out in X amount of time every release, it's not it's not why we open the brewery. We want to make saison. It's the core ethos of everything we do here. So to see people buying it's amazing. Um, like when we first this is this is two years this week this weekend Halloween weekend um, when we did our first can release that first weekend, you know it was it was nuts for us at the time to can a bunch of beer see our walk-in filled with cans whatever it was 150 200 cases and have that sell out in a weekend it like blew our minds um and now we do canning runs and we're like shit that's that's not a lot of cans so to see the growth and like see people actually receptive to what we're doing especially on the saison front the lager front the like what were traditionally i don't know a better way to put it quote unquote like anti-hype beers just <laughs> Drinkable beers, balanced beers is, what, is now, really what about, crazy. What about the kind of rise in lagers? They've become a lot more popular. Yeah, it's now. amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. You have to, you have to become like uh, get into some other styles that people don't care about now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We got to start making like one percent ABV Gruets and see That's how. That's exactly what see, I was thinking see, see how sales do. <laughs> so let, I mean, let's talk about. You mentioned your biggest passion, beer wise, is the saison. But you've made a ton of awesome lagers. We just had a stout. What do you want people to think about when they hear the sea? What do you want the beer drinker to think about, to picture when they think of the sea? I, I love that question because we talk about it a lot. Um, we have like four core focuses that we try to maintain here, and that's hoppy beer, you know, IPAs, pale ales, whatever, Saison. Uh, which we view more as like a philosophy than a beer style, but it always incorporates dry, uh, yeast-forward, fermentation-forward beers that kind of harken back to old-world techniques. British beer and lager. Um, to me, the breweries that always like really inspire us are breweries that are just doing things with a purpose and with a focus. And I think when... I want somebody to picture, quote-unquote, what the seed is. I'd like them to think that it's a brewery that's doing something with a goal and with a target. Um, and for us, I'm repeating myself, but, you know, the whole ethos of Saison means to us local ingredients, uh, brewing seasonally, kind of not fighting, homogenizing things and just going with the flow. Um, and we try to kind of thread that through all the styles that we do here. So I think when someone thinks of the seed, I'd like them to think of, you know, well thought out, well focused beers that are done with some form of like integrity and purpose that always tell a story of that that moment for them. You want it to kind of be like a you go to a farm to table restaurant like that in beer? Yeah, a, a little bit, I guess. I mean, I think a lot of those t terms get out of hand these days like we i mean i'm just being blunt like we have we have farmer friends that hate the term farm to table okay because like they're, they're marketing terms right it's like a lot of these people aren't they're not close they don't have a relationship with the farmer they don't go see the pig that got slaughtered to make that killer pork belly bought me you know um so for us like it's so special for us to do a new lager sorry Chris, right. Chris is feeling cast, cast right now. 
<laughs> we are in the tap room. These are the noises that uh, come about. It's really special for us, like, to be able to drive 40 minutes and talk to Rabbit Hill about the new grain that we're yes. using that week. Like, the Vienna Lager we, uh, collab we did with the Odd Colony that's available for the anniversary of this weekend, that was a sample malt that Hillary was going to send us from, from Rabbit Hill Farms of a new Vienna-type malt that they were testing out. And she asked if they wanted, if we wanted them to send us a sample, and we said just send us six or eight bags and we'll make a beer with it. We know the malt's good, and like we want to have those relationships, and that's all part of the story that we want people to know that we're telling here. Beautiful. Um, so over the last two years, you guys have done a lot of collaborations with some big names. Um, obviously, not going to name them all because there are a lot, but uh, Timber, Mindful, Marlowe, Other Half, District, Fivens, Conclave, to name a few. So this is a two-part question. Um, one, uh, why are all the labels and collaborations black? <laughs> and two, um, tell us a little bit about the the three that you released this year for the anniversary. Uh, the easy answer to why the labels are black is because we have zero consistency in our artwork. Uh, and we love that because... Well, that would be consistent, though, right? Well, that's the thing. Right. That's the thing. So for now, like, again, we, we, don't, we don't distribute any packaged goods right now. So we don't have to worry about someone seeing our cans or our bottles on a shelf somewhere and knowing it's a seed beer. So we like to let, everything we do is friends and family that do all the artwork for us. Um, so we like to let them just do their thing. But for the collaborations, since they're such like an integral, like community kind of joint project, we want them to be their own world. People know it's a collaboration. Um, three collabs we released for the anniversary this week were, well four really, uh, one is with Timber, which we talked about already, the third of the quarterly residency stouts that we're doing. Uh, we did two lagers with some good friends of ours. Human Robots become like absolute family to us at this point. Done a couple beers with them here, getting ready to do a beer with them up in Philly pretty soon. Um, kind of half, half jokingly when we were talking about this beer, they do a lot of uh, European inspired traditional beers and Dinkel and Dunkel are very close words in German. So Dinkel means spelt and Dunkel means dark. Um, so we were kind of joking that, you know, they, they just did the Dinkle Hue, the, the, the spell, hey, green bottle, beautiful fucking beer. Um, but when someone orders the Dinkle and they get a pale beer and they complain that they didn't get the brown beer that they ordered, and it's been a bit of a back and forth. So we did a Dinkle Dunkle. We did a, a dark spelt lager with Human Robot. Um, Reminds me of your story, Jose, with the barbacoa uh, and the barracuda. Everybody knows that. Whole other story for, for a different time. Yeah. Uh, before... Actually, I want to talk about, uh, let's open this guy. Amanda, you want to do the honors and tell us about this sure. beer? Sean, you could tell them. <laughs> You're so much more po poetic than I am. Uh, you can talk about the label. Amanda's opening <laughs> one of, so the third of the four collabs that we did this weekend. This is the first collaboration we've done with a non-brewery. Um, this is with Pints for Pets, which is... A nonprofit organization that raises funds to support animal shelters in South Jersey. Um, so we've become quite close with some of the folks that help push the Pines for Pets project, and they came to us with the the idea of doing a beer. Um, they wanted it to be a true collaboration, though, like kind of acting as if they were a brewery. So instead of them just throwing us a logo and saying, "Hey, donate some of the sales. Let's call it a day." We, we actually got to enjoy the whole process of back and forth and what flavors they were looking to do, 
what kind of profile they were looking to do, what ABV they were looking to do, and we settled on uh, a, a pale ale, 5.4% pale ale, dry hopped with Nelson and Citra, just soft, light, easy, but punchy, soft, flavorful. Um, so yeah, that was a lot of fun. So we sent a bunch of this beer up with them for their gala event that raises a lot of money for their uh, for their proceeds for the um, shelters each year. And then we're releasing the rest of that batch here where we'll donate a portion of the proceeds from everything from the draft and from the can sales back to their group as well. That's great. And tell us about the label. Oh, the label's a picture of our dog. <laughs> and it's the <laughs> cutest thing I've ever seen. It's Shout out little, Brett. It's Brett. <laughs> yeah, it's our little buddy Brett. So I, I want to talk about, you know, this is obviously a collab you did with the community, right? And you recently also hosted an event to raise money to combat youth homelessness in the area. Um, Atlantic City, I always feel like, is one of the more interesting cities, interesting spots in New Jersey. Tourism is huge, but people don't always think of the community and people that actually live in Atlantic City. How important is it to you for the seed to be part of Atlantic City and not just a brewery in Atlantic City? Oh, I, think it's, I think it's the most important thing. I mean, everything we do is to try to build community that doesn't have to be like hyper-local to the physical location of the brewery. Again, just talking back to what we were talking about a minute ago, like using local grain, getting involved with the growers, getting people on board with what ingredients we're using and like why we're choosing ingredients that are grown down the street rather than shipped in from Europe and so on and so forth. It's the same thing for our location here. I mean, to be perfectly honest, we never looked, we never wanted to look to be in Atlantic City, not for any positive or negative reason, just it didn't come across our plate to do that. Um, this location kind of fell into our laps and pause for hammering casts. Uh, and I couldn't be happier that, that, that we're here now. Like, we... We moved into the city kind of, uns not moved, we, we don't live in the city right now, we live right outside the city, but we came here with the, with the brewery, um, not uncertain for the location, but uncertain why we were settling here, because it wasn't a target of ours, and from the moment we started, like, the first use variance hearing we had to clear this space for approvals for us, there were, I think, six variances heard, one of them was a residential thing, and the other five were new small business coming into the city just looking to do their own thing and put their own thumbprint on the city there's such there's so much history here there's so much like i don't know story behind the city a lot of that isn't always positive if you're not local and really like ingrained in what's going on here but from day one of us being involved just seeing the true sense of community here how every business like no matter how different it is is just here to make one big team, one big family, and make this into, I guess, what everyone pictures Atlantic City being in its heyday, and kind of has, like, weaned and waned since then. Um, for us, at least, there's there's a real sense of, like, upward trajectory toward that idyllic kind of image of the city that we're, like, so stoked and so humbled to be a part of. Very nice. Um, so, I, I've, enjoy, I've enjoyed Saison's well before I met you two, which was over nine years no now. all you enjoyed was barley wine true this is true uh, but um, as I always tell everybody I, I enjoyed Cezanne's but I learned so much from Cezanne's from Amanda and Sean both of you so thank you for that so I'm so happy to stay on this topic of Cezanne's um, you're releasing two beers this week um, for your anniversary something dormant and something blooms so you want to talk a little bit about those two beers 
Sure. <laughs> I'm not an Amanda, but she's shy. Um, yeah, so we did this last year. We did something dormant, something blooms. The idea is that every seat, like a lot of what we do here, um, obviously in that same saison vein, follows this idea of growth, decay, circles, all that kind of stuff. So for us, something dormant and something blooms really speaks to how we're trying to make beer here. And uh, on a simple level, that's seasonal. Um, specific to these beers, that just means for us, we're looking to explore two different things. So we keep saying it's like opportunities in excess and opportunities in restraint. So last year's something dormant was a blueberry beer. It was uh, fruited at like five pounds per gallon of local blueberries. It was like fermented funky blueberry juice. And beautiful color on that one too. Yeah, it was dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then we did something blooms last year, which was flowers and uh, wine grapes. So this year we did the same thing with fruit and flowers and wine grapes, but we kind of flipped the script on which one was in excess and which one was subtle. So the blackberry beer, something dormant we did this year, is a really gentle, really elegant, simple little saison that showcases a ton of restraint in oak character, ton of restraint in acidity, ton of restraint in fruit character, even though there's a pretty punchy kind of blackberry juicy character there. Um, and Something Blooms, on the other hand, this year is the opportunity of excess, where we use some uh, some winemaking techniques to really punch this like big, vibrant grape character. Um, it's Viognier grapes, and then we used a bunch of forage mimosa flower, which is something um, I have growing quite readily at my other day job. Uh, which I take the opportunity to make a lot of teas and stuff out of. I just love the character. So when we do flowers and wine grapes, we use the higher ABV of that ambiently fermented wine to cold macerate the flowers and extract a lot of that character, and then that all gets blended back with the Saison. So. I, I want to stay on Saisons, which I'm sure you guys are happy about. Um, one song was one of your recent bottles. Uh, I haven't tried it, but a buddy of mine has it, and it's coming to a share near me. Um, I'm really interested in this one because you incorporated uh, Cab Franc skins. Uh, is this something you're gonna be that we're gonna be seeing more of? Is something you want to play with a little more? The skins, you mean? The skins. Grape skins. Yes. Yeah, uh, that was a little bit of an accident. That beer, actually. So, again, similar similar techniques to the Vignet. Um, this, I, I don't know if the TCB or the ABC listens to your podcast at all, but I, I hope not. we are not supposed to be uh, making wine. We're not to be supposed to be using true wine techniques without beer or malt forward, you know, liquids involved. But we do a lot of carbonic macerations here on fruit. We're basically with the right fruits, uh, obviously. So like with grapes specifically, you'll you'll flush a vessel with CO2, so there's no oxygen in there. You'll fill it with whole cluster grapes, so like uncrushed grapes on, on, on the stems still. Um, and, <laughs> and you'll basically allow them to start this like internal fermentation with whatever native yeast and bacteria are living on those fruits to begin with in that fully anaerobic or fully oxygen-free environment or as best you can. Um, what happens is you build up gas, you, you pop the fruit, and you get what we call free-run juices. Um, so long way about saying we did a carbonic maceration on whole cluster Cap Franc and we didn't wind up popping as many fruits as we thought we would. So we just moved beer onto the fruits whole for a really short stint just to get some tannic skin contact because we knew we were going to do um, a strawberry referment on this beer anyway. 
So we had a short skin contact on those, which is going to build up a little bit of color, a, t a tinge of color, a bit of tan, and a bit of complexity. And then we did the refermentation with strawberries. Uh, strawberries are pretty difficult to work with typically. So we're lucky to have farms nearby that we work with very closely, um, that we can get them super fresh, do some super short contact time, get that strawberry character, and get it off. And we actually used the grapes in their original intended purpose for another beer that we haven't released yet. So very nice. So yeah. we will see more. We will see a lot more. Yeah. We, we like wine grapes. It's actually it's the only fruit that's not grown locally that we work with. Um, but we like to work with fresh grapes when we can. Sure. So you guys been around for two years. Congratulations again. Um, uh, part of the clientele you see guys like me that are driving over two hours to come visit you guys uh, to buy your beer uh, to support you and sometimes work. <laughs> uh, so my question um, how many of those uh, people do you have coming over two hours away and how many of that are locals? Uh, that, that's a good question. Uh, part of what we did early on when we first started releasing beer was to allow proxies, um, which were, I think, partly frowned upon before the pandemic, became a lot more common after the pandemic. But for us, we couldn't, we couldn't encourage an environment where we want, we like, we were pushing wine life or anything like that. Um, I think keeping up proxies in perpetuity until now has encouraged folks from a lot further away to enjoy the beer because um, anybody that's not local can just have someone local grab it for them ship it to them bring it to them whatever um, and as I said previously we we just really haven't done any like hyper traditional marketing techniques to draw the local crowd which is growing now and it's been really cool to see that um, it's a whole other avenue of uh, like folks that are coming to hang out and enjoy our story and enjoy our beer that we haven't, that we, I shouldn't say that we haven't, that we didn't really get to fully explore during our first year open because there's mostly folks that like somewhat knew our story before we actually opened and were able to share beer with people. But now that um, we've been able to, you know, branch the story out a little bit and branch out sharing who we are and what we are with folks that maybe aren't beer nerds, maybe don't have, you know, 13 million check-ins on Ontario. They just want to drink beer and find something local that they can get behind. Oh, uh, <laughs> what do you have? Thirteen million checkers. Thirteen million, I definitely do not. Um, how many regulars are there? Like people that you would consider a regular? That's a good question. There are definitely a handful. It's hard to say now too, because Sean and I aren't always here on the weekends. So when we first opened, it was there were four of us on every day. So I feel like those first few months, we were able to be like, hey, like, who are you? Where are you from? What, like, what brought you here? And now we're a little more disconnected from like the Saturday, Sunday crowd. Um, but we definitely, I mean, I'm always here on Thursdays and Fridays when we're at open and I definitely see a lot of familiar faces, which is awesome. And we're still a product of Atlantic City, right? And like a shore town in New Jersey. So we have this incredibly transient crowd in the summer that's looking for something to do down in the area for a week for a weekend um so it's cool to see in it's not exactly an off season because there's a lot of conventions and shit like that that goes on in atlantic city but in the non-summer crowd season to start seeing the same faces over and over again um that again when we're really busy and we're trying to work while the tasting room's open you might miss in passing and now we have a chance to sit down and talk to them and share a beer with them and stuff like that which is pretty cool nice so i mean the secret's out you guys 
you know, are a great brewery, make great beer. But for those who have not made the trek here, uh, sell it. Sell it to the audience, to somebody who hasn't made the, the trip down here. Why should they come down? Why should they come down to try your beers? I'm, I'm looking at Amanda. I'm the worst salesperson ever. <laughs> uh, yeah, if yeah. you don't want to come, it's okay. I get it. It's like kind of inconvenient. It's fine. I like you anyway. Yeah, did we not make it clear that we're not good at marketing or, or what? <laughs> well, it's a great I, space. Thank and you. I love thank it. You. you guys make great beer. So I guess I'll, I'll try to... Actually, Jose, no, you, I think you, you I, should I'm, be a marketing. I'm horrible at marketing. I, I think it's fun. I think for us, like again getting back to being part of the community in Atlantic City it's so fun for us now to welcome people in so if I think back to last year when we had our first like real season open in the tasting room we had folks that would come down from Philly that we would ask like oh what brings you into the city and they're like well we're coming here to drink beer oh well what else are you doing when we're down here I, I don't know what should we do and that blew our minds that people were coming over an hour away just to come here um, so for us We've made such a community and connection with all the folks in the city that we think are doing amazing things that it's really cool to be a part of people coming in that can experience what what we're trying to share and what we're trying to offer like at the source here and then we can send them to other places in the city to go experience what we now view as you know the the quote-unquote real Atlantic City and that means a million things the real Atlantic City is the casinos but also the real Atlantic City from another like through another lens is all the spots that are not not on the boardwalk you know it's going and feeling like you're at home eating bar pies and drinking drafts like MGD at Tony's Baltimore Grill and it's going and eating oysters at Doc's Oyster House and in the summer it's going up to the inlet and like sitting at Sirens and drinking a frozen pina colada and like there's so, you could spend Watching an entire weekend here you could probably spend a week here and do a bunch of shit that's not casino related and I'm not knocking the casinos they're amazing we enjoy them too but like you go to Anchor Rock Club and you enjoy a show there and there's so much you can do in the city now that is like small business oriented and community oriented that can bring like everything together for a week that isn't necessarily and i don't mean this in a negative way but like a lot of the degenerate activities that you might expect (laughs) from atlantic city you know like you can come with your family and go up to the inlet on the north end and look at the beaches look at brigantine and play mini golf at north beach mini golf and it's byob so you can bring cans up there and hang out like there's so much to do now and I think that's such a cool reason to come to the city, is to experience like the anti-Atlantic City in Atlantic City, which is a weird thing to say, but I think it's possible now from what the traditional like stereotype of the city was. And one thing that I that I've always told people, I mean, before you even opened, um, at the end of the day, anybody can make an IPA. Um, they're not all good, but anybody can make it. Anybody can make a lager. Anybody can make a saison. Um, one thing that I, I say a lot in my post, and I can't, but go on. <laughs> you said a lot of people. Have you tried? Or no, 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 yeah, no, no, yeah, no. yeah, you could. You could. Um, at the end of the day, it's it's good people making good beer, and that's why people are coming out. You guys are amazing individuals, smart, just beautiful, and I love you guys, and that is why people are coming out. Thanks, Dang, Jose. It means a lot. Thank you. You're gonna make me cry. No, that's my job. <laughs> All right, all right, let's uh, let's do some fun questions here. We we have a few. Um, Sean, I'm going to direct this to you. Uh, you're a Mets fan like myself. Oh. How's it feel right now being in what we were called Philly's it's country? Terrible. Sorry, during I was their so World Series run. <laughs> no, you 
please. Next, I'm, qu- next I question, made please. Him a Mets fan. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so, that's right. So I should ask you. It's yeah. terrible. It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> My heart hurts every day. Is Amanda's it? grandma was like the most diehard Brooklyn Dodgers fan you could imagine. When they left. She became a Mets fan, and it has stayed in her family ever since. Yep. I've been a sports fan my entire life. Um, baseball, I played, I followed, but I never had a team. When a man and I got together, I became a Mets fan. I'm not, so sorry. Not by force, but by choice, uh, which is the same thing we did with football, so we <laughs> traded. I know. Um, but, yeah, it, it's heartbreaking. Uh, it, it's, it's tough being a Mets fan. It man, really Philly, is. But Philly, now right Philly, here, Philly sports be... crowd is rough. Yeah, they hate us so much. <laughs> and I'm just so sad. Like, I'm like, why? why? Don't pick on me. I'm sad. Matt, do you see more now? Bar, you know, before the playoff run, when people come in here, what's the most common baseball hat you're going to see? Is it a Phillies hat? Is it a Yankees hat? Oh, it's Phillies, Phillies. hat, hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. crowd is more. When Phillies. you're when you're south of the northernmost Mason Dixon line, which is <laughs> not real, but we'll we'll draw that somewhere around like Sayreville, let's say. All right. Bristol um, Bridge. Yeah, yeah. 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 A little south of that, it's that's that's it's Phillies, Phillies, Eagles, Flyers. And it's pretty staunch how that's pushed. That's also, for me, the divider between Taylor Ham and Corporal. Yeah. The uh, Driscoll Bridge. Um, so I'm on the other side of the spectrum here uh, for your hatred for baseball. I'm a Yankee fan. Yeah, we know. Uh, so, how about... Uh, Max Runner 69 is a Yankee hey, fan. Hey, 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 hey. That is not true. Do not listen to Sean. There should be a Max Runner um, 69. <laughs> no, there shouldn't be. <laughs> So, we kind of made a bet that I lost during the season. Uh, so, I, it was unfair, by the way. Um, that was, I want to redo. So, let's do one right now. Okay. Um, a bet, what team is going to win more games next year? Next year? I mean, it's going to be tough to win games when Judge isn't on the team. But, exactly. Uh, no, I'll take the Mets. All right. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll let DeGrom go. He'll get a big contract. We'll bring in Otani. He's going to be a Dang. Yeah, New York showboat. That's cute. Aaron Judge is going to be a giant, so... <laughs> okay, okay. Maybe. Okay. I, I actually think the Yankees will hang on to him, but we'll see. Yeah. If he wants to go back so, home, that's beautiful So we got to bet. Um, you wear a Yankee jersey. Oof. Okay. Can I burn it while I'm wearing it? Or no, no, you right have to... Relax. You have to post it. Okay. And I will wear a Mets jersey. Okay. Did I just say that out loud? You did yeah. say that out loud, yeah. And you, you know you would have lost this year. Yes, and, and exactly. get you a custom Mets jersey that says no, no, Yankee Runner no, 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 on the no, back. No, 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 no. <laughs> no Mets Runner 69. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Mets Runner and then the number 69 on the jersey. Um, all right, let's get back to beer for a second here. Uh, again, as I said before, a little over 100 beers on untapped under the seed. Uh, let's see how well you know your beers, if you care at all about untapped. Maybe you do. Maybe you know these answers already. Oof. What is your highest rated beer on Untapped? Do you guys want to make a guess? Oh, if it's a stout, I'm going to lose I it. I know. Jason's <laughs> probably cackling right now. Um, okay. oh, I don't. I never go on Untapped because it makes me lose sleep. Um, I don't know. It's either a stout or an IP. No, I don't know. Our RPAs are fine. I don't know. I don't even have a guess. Wild guess. Just make a wild guess. What do you think? What style are you leaning towards? I don't know. I'm gonna pull one out of the bag and say, uh, "You are my friend." Whoa! Probably not. Saison. Yeah. Whoa! Fantastic beer. <laughs> Very good guess too. I would have guessed that. Myself. All right, I'm gonna say. Oh my god! I don't know. I can't even make something up. <laughs> All right, the answer is the road dark. <laughs> ah, damn it! Of course it is. 
All right, uh, how about this one? What is the most checked-in beer on Untapped? Ooh. Damn, these um, are good questions. Maybe I would guess something that we've made multiple times. Yeah, so, like, stay a while, a place to rest, yeah, something like that. Yeah, stay a while. So, the, the first beer that we ever brewed when we had glycol here and temperature control that wasn't Saison was Stay a While, our English Dark Mild. So, we brewed that the most, so I would guess that as well. I'm going to guess place to rest then. Okay. Amanda's crew. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, she brews all the beer, so she should know. <laughs> uh, and I guess just, uh, you know, before we go here, what's next? What's on the horizon? What does the next year look like in your mind for this year? Whoa. That's a great question. I feel like I'm just trying to get through, like, day to day, and that's, like, a small victory. Um, Sean probably has more grand plans than I do, and I'm kind of just, like, along for the ride. <laughs> Uh, I mean, the, the back of the mind plans are, or front of the mind plans, as we try to push them, are always more saison. Uh, when we try to, you know, diversify our portfolio into those four thresholds that we spoke about before of hops, pub, like British pub beer, lager, and saison. Saison's um, easy to allow to sit and wait because it, it it can not only take more time but benefit from more time sometimes. Um, and we've been really mindfully conscious of not allowing that to slip to the background because that's, that is the core of why we built this brand. Um, we're super stoked and to plug really quick, uh, Cricket Club, new restaurant down in Cape May. Uh, their only draft beer offerings are hand engines for British cask beer, real ale. Um, kind of, kind of real ale is a little bit of CO2 to backfill, um, but they have us doing the whole cast program right now, so we're really, really stoked to see the growth and evolution of our our British-inspired beers in, like, I guess what I would say is the form that we see them, uh, or we would view them seen through in their entirety to how we would want them served in a perfect world. So we've been down there a couple times for, you know, friends and family, soft opening, stuff like that, and drinking some of the pub ales that we do on Hand Engine down there are beautiful. Um, we've been working on. I know you guys love when shit is dropped for the first time on your podcast. So I do love. Yeah, we we go have for been it. working on a project throughout the entirety of this year um, with the kind of growth and cyclical nature of how we try to view things um, called growth and change. So we have uh, a little mini three wine barrel pyramid with one um, one culture in it, one mixed culture in it from uh, actually kind of stolen, grown up from one of our favorite breweries a, a bit south of here. Um, that we're putting beer in and taking beer out during the same calendar season. So the first batch was in the winter. So went in during the first week of calendar winter, came out before the last week of calendar winter, and got an addition of local forageable ingredients that uh, kind of speak to us for that season. We picked the single best barrel from that group that basically embodies that character. Um, so we've got winter in bottles, we've got spring in bottles, we've got summer that is in bottles and fall in barrel right now okay. um, and we're really looking forward to releasing that set um, whenever whenever fall is ready whenever the last of those is ready um, as kind of a little story of I, everyone uses this term a lot but story of time and place yeah um, and how it's it's the same culture we never clean the barrels out it just beer out beer in or we're in we're doing work in the barrels and primary ferment in the barrels but um, being able to share that year-long project with folks is going to be really exciting um, and yeah, I mean, we, we, we talked about it before. We collaborate a lot. 
Um, we use that as an opportunity to get to know people a little deeper and to get to learn something and hopefully teach them something. So always looking, you know, with our friends to work on interesting projects together. So, so we'll see some more of that. Yeah, too. always, yeah. always. Well, it was uh, an honor for you know me to talk to you guys right before you open, and I'm super happy to be here two years after to celebrate that. Yeah, so. it's amazing. We thank you. Can't yeah. thank everyone enough for following along. Can't thank you guys enough for uh, sending that motorcycle by at the end of <laughs> no can't, honestly can't thank you enough for you know at least just being interested in what we're doing and you know helping us spread the word a little bit well, I love you guys and I'm, I'm happy we're here I know uh, I and I asked Jose if he wanted to come down it was I didn't even he, start it. He, he did not he did not so thank you so much uh, we'll be back with more after this All right, welcome back to an action-packed episode of America the Brutiful. Usually this would be the time where we would dig into local and national releases, and we still will, but Canyon dropped some news of a release, and given the amount of people who always ask me how to get it, I figured we'd start here. On Wednesday, November 2nd, Canyon is going to release a six-bottle set, which includes two bottles of Foo, two bottles of 50N, one bottle of Racine, and one bottle of Grenache Noir. That's the good news. Uh, unfortunately, there is some bad news, and that's that they're going to be doing it via Craft Peak, and for anybody who has used that platform, you know that it sucks. Uh, even if you score a set, you're going to be cursing at your computer, anybody around you at how inefficient the system is. Uh, so good luck, beer nerds. I'll be cursing the cues that we'll collectively be waiting in. Uh, also, if this is your first attempt at Cantillon and you, you're reading about it and you say, well, I don't have a proxy, Etra Gourmet always serves up as a proxy for these for international users. But just keep in mind that uh, shipping is not always cheap. Yes. So <laughs> international shipping, definitely not cheap. Now, before we get to local releases, Jose, what beer do you have in front of you? I am drinking the collab that we talked about a little earlier. Uh, we are all ghosts, which is a collaboration of the Seed and Odd Colony. Nice, and we are still here at the Seed. So if you hear brewery noises, you'll understand why. <laughs> all right, why don't you tell us some of the uh, local releases uh, that have been going on and, and coming up? All right, so we're going to start with uh, Tin Barn. Uh, pleased as Hawaiian Punch. It's exactly uh, what it sounds like. Um, I'm curious about that one. Um, it's exactly what it sounds like, man. It is. It, it looks like Hawaiian Punch. I'm sure it tastes like Hawaiian Punch. Uh, they also did a beer called Peas for Paisley, uh, New England Double IPA. Yes, and uh, they also released their Sugarloft uh, Mountain Stout with uh, the hopes of making Sugarloft Mountain a state park. Which is kind of cool. Yeah, I like it. Uh, they did Evolution C1. It's a triple IPA bio-hopped with a combination of Citra and Racao, and triple dry-hopped at warmer temperatures with Citra and Simcoe. Melted Gelato 11, Pumpkin Cinnamon Cheesecake. And that's exactly what it sounds like yes. as well. <laughs> uh, they did Float in the Land of Dreams, 8.5% New England double IPA, bio-hopped with Citra, and New York Cascade dry-hopped with... Citra, Motueka, and Rawaka. 
Pink 2022 Single Hazy New England Style uh, IPA filled with Citra, Nelson, and Simcoe. Uh, this one uh, means a little bit uh, to me. It supports making strides against breast cancer. Uh, they are donating $2 for every draft sold and $4 for every four-pack sold. So good job on you guys. Yeah, I, I love the fact that uh, they did that. They also did uh, Maple Autumn Spiced Out. This one was draft only for Flannel Fest, which was last weekend, uh, as we talked about flannels uh, before with their <laughs> Halloween costume. Uh, Imperial Stout with uh, New York Maple Syrup and all the pumpkin pie spices. All right, we uh, shift over to District 96. House Money, a 10% triple uh, brewed with uh, the homies at Wind Widowmaker Brew. Sorry, I messed <laughs> that up, guys. Uh, triple dry hop with Galaxy and Citra. And they still have El Jefe, Hefeweizen. That's available if you need it. Uh, we'll swing over, stay in that general area for now with uh, Equilibrium. Uh, they did a collab with District 96 called It's Latin for Snake Fruit uh, with Citra Incognito and Galaxy atop an oat and wheat base. And they're also releasing a new batch of Peanut Cloud. And let's talk Death Star Day. That's always a big one. Lads Day, as people call it. Uh, December 3rd. And they uh, teased it ahead with a photo of Life After Death Star Grand Royale. Uh, we'll drive a little bit further south in New York and go to other half. Uh, they're, uh, they'll be hosting a Rhode Island Tap Takeover event on Saturday, November 5th. It will be including uh, Narragansett Brewery, Long Live Beer Works, Tilted Barn, Origin Beer Work, Proclamation, um, Moniker, plus donuts and pizza from Rhode, Island, Rhode Island's finest. They also did uh, Double Sunset. Uh, this is a stout set. They did two different coffee blends with these, so two different beers. Uh, both of the variants are brewed with vanilla and milk sugar. And then let's talk about the Parish collabs that came out. One of my favorites, uh, the Triple Dry Hop Space Ghost Imperial IPA. Uh, first of the three collabs with Parish. It's a Triple Dry Hop Edition Galaxy Hop Driven and uh, Dry Hop with Mosaic, Nelson, uh, and Motueka. Right. They also did Crawfish Boil. That's, this is their so their Philly brewer for other half um, boiled up one with Parish. This one has doses of Rawaka, Centennial, and Cashmere. Mm. Um, this one made me a little hungry and thirsty. Uh, Baguettes Imperial IPA. Beignets. Baguettes. <laughs> yeah, beignets. <laughs> Can we uh, do a redo? No, man. It's cool. I like that. And that's just an Hazy Imperial IPA. Uh, let's go swing down to Jersey for a little bit. Uh, Kane uh, did a collab with Bricks called Wave of Sound. 7.7% IPA. All locally sourced malts. Blend of Pilsner. Uh, chitted barley, oats, and wheat. And hopped with Idaho 7 and Motueka in the Whirlpool. Followed by a heavy dose of Citra, Nectaron, and Motueka in the Dry Hop. Uh, this one's one that people uh, get excited about every year. The Pumpkin Chai Latte is coming back. It's an IPA brewed with pumpkin in the mash and a small amount of lactose in the kettle. It was uh, then conditioned on chai, latte, chai tea, cinnamon, clove, ginger, and nutmeg. They also teased ahead, and this was exciting, but who the hell knows when it's actually going to be released. Uh, they're doing a collab with Bobby from Eskerhart. They also uh, re-released their Czech Lager. Uh, we talked about Root and Branch in the beginning of the episode and uh, the fact that one of their Marzins 
made it to top gear drops, which is kind of cool and interesting and different. Um, they released a bunch of other stuff, though, so why don't you start with the stout that they released? Uh, Big White Cloud. It's a Russian Imperial cold conditioned on raw cacao nibs and vanilla beans. They also did Infiltrator, a multi-oat wheat IPA brewed and dry hop with freestyle Nelson hops. All Tomorrow's Parties, a multi-oat wheat IPA brewed and dry hopped with a blend of American hops. And that Marzen that we did mention, it's called Historical Society Marzen Beer. It's a series that they're doing of kind of older styles of beer. Um, this one was actually brewed with Hallerto hops. Total Apocalypse of the Heart 2. Sour IPA brewed with milk sugar and Belma hops and re-fermented with a bit of dragon fruit and a lot of passion fruit, 6.5%. Life and Style 13, an experimental 8% multi-oat wheat double IPA brewed with experimental blend of New Zealand hops and New Zealand hop botanical blend. Dead Men on Holiday, 8% multi-oat wheat dipper brewed and dry hop with Citra, Comet, and Simcoe. And the... You know, they made a beer specifically for Proletariat. It's a Schwartz beer called Demons. And on October 28th, they had uh, kind of a Halloween party with Hudson Valley and Test uh, brewing there. All right. We got uh, Troon next. You want to continue with that one as well? Sure. Uh, Unholy Apparition. It's a Baltic porter lagered with Rojo's coffee and vanilla. And they used human robots yeast, actually, in that one. Oh, very nice. Twin Elephant is up next. Quested, a West Coast-style IPA at 7.9% hopped with Strata. Uh, Magnify made uh, one of your favorite styles of beer, a barley wine. They did a collab with Barreled Souls called Cash or Credit, and they also laid down some of the bourbon barrels for at least some time down the road. Hop Hash Browns, 8% Imperial IPA brewed with local honey and hop hash. The beer is double dry hop with mosaic, uh, mosaic cryo, Citron Nelson, and Amarillo. And this one's a little different. 99 cents. It's their first hard tea. It's a 6% hard green tea with honey. And it's in the style of, like, the Arizona 99 cent. Which I love. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Uh, this is an interesting name. Uh, Fudgement Day. Return of the Nutter Ship. Uh, 11% uh, fudge forward imperial style brewed with chocolate pudding, chocolate fudge, marshmallows, and peanut butter. Love to see the calorie count yes, on that bad boy. Uh, we'll go to Bricks, Brick City. Uh, they brought back a chocolate pastry party. It's a 9.75 ABV milk porter brewed with lactose and conditioned on an insane amount of cocoa nibs. Another one that they brought back was uh, Waterberry Jams. They're 8% New England uh, dipper collab with uh, Prohibition Pig. And just a few others that they released. Orbituary, not obituary, uh, 8% New England double IPA uh, with double dry hop with Citra Galaxy and uh, some other hops as well. Uh, and they did sure, sure as the Sun, 6% kettle sour with raspberry puree and lemon puree. And they also did Little Black Beauty, a 5% ABV take on the classic German Schwartz beer. Ghost Hawk, Leaves Turn, 4.7% Nut Brown Ale, brewed with Mars, Otter, and Brown Malts. Alright, now this one is, uh, this one was one of the more interesting beers that has ever been released. It is always done for fun. It is uh, by Bolero Snort with our friend uh, over at Hayes Boys. It's called Fort Tom. Run this down for us, Jose. Um, 
it's a pastry wine brewed with a ridiculously abs absurd amount of adjuncts, including Kopi Luwak coffee, which is the weasel, which is the weasel yes, poop coffee, the weasel poop, um, toasted coconut, Tahitian vanilla beans, Madagascar vanilla beans, marshmallows, cinnamon sticks, hazelnut, pecans, or pecans, walnuts, macadamia nuts, and pistachios. Wow. Literally, like, that's a ridiculous amount of adjuncts. Uh, also, on November 19th, they're going to be hosting their Festival of Friendship, featuring 10 tap lines of collabs, and they will release their Bergen County Stout lineup that day. Back to New York. Evil Twin New York City. Fun size, sour, brewed with gummy worms and sour candy. And they did Freezer Fresh Sunday Rocky Road, brewed with chocolate soft serve, fudge brownies, Almonds, vanilla, and of course, marshmallow. First barrel-aged Great Northern of the season. This one is the stout conditioned on vanilla, coffee beans, and roasted hazelnuts. And they did a return of the two of their favorites, uh, Fresh Feet, No Chicken, and Even More Hydro, which is their collab with Mortalis. And they did another collab, a collab with the Danish beer counter, which I'm sure I'm going to botch this name, uh, Kikosh. It's Whoa. an imperial stout with hazelnut coffee and hazelnut coffee. Um, now let's talk about Marlowe, because this is you're wearing yes. a Marlowe shirt I'm right now. I'm wearing my Marlowe shirt right now. I'm representing Zach. Um, so he's uh, releasing our new Happy Life. It's a 4.6% ABV New Zealand Pale Ale. First beer brewed in his new location in Naya. Which is awesome. Uh, also, despite all odds, an anniversary double IPA to celebrate their third anniversary. 8% brewed with Rawaka, and if you follow Zach's personal Instagram, he is super excited about how well this one yes. came out. And for him to say that, I can't wait to try it. Alright, uh, we're heading up to Jersey now. Uh, Cocoa Peanut Butter Blast. By Icarus. From Icarus. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's in limited crowlers. It's an imperial porter uh, that was brewed with chocolate malt and conditioned on a ludicrous amount of total uh, toasted coconut and peanut butter. They also did Yonder, an English Dark Mild. That one's available in cans, actually. And first up, it, it, uh, f first up is Fall and Falling. 7% uh, heavily weeded and oated Northeast style kettle soured IPA, dry hopped with El Dorado, conditioned on cranberries, tangerines, and fresh rosemary. Finback, Between the Dead, based. A uh, base, rich, sweet, spicy, imperial style loaded with chocolate, chili, cinnamon, and coconut, and Asian bourbon barrels. And then the and pecan they, version, it, there's one with with all that, but also pecan and vanilla. Yes. Uh, Grim uh, released barrel-aged sumi zest, barrel-aged stat with orange zest and vanilla. Next we have uh, Timber. Uh, tease ahead to barrel-aged morning shakeout. It's an 8.5% stout that spent 13 months in Old Rip Van Winkle Pappy 10 barrels, coming in 12-ounce bottles, four packs. I actually had that beer. Have you? Yes. Okay. It's, it's very well worth it. I love the fact that it is coming in a four-pack. Yes. yes. I'm so excited that's, for that's, that. That's awesome. Uh, Esker Hart Bray Beer, I probably mispronounced that, 5.2% German-style Pilsner, brewed and dry-hopped with Hallertow Blank hops. Fat Orange Cat, Trick or Treat Kittens, 8% Dippa with Cotton Candy, uh, released at 12%. Drownlands released a whole slew of things, we'll run through them. Lay's is a 5.2% Vienna Lager. 
Silent Stars, a 6.8%, uh, brewed with two-row white wheat and oat and triple dry hop with all citra. Harvest Kill, 7.3% fruited IPA. This one was fermented with blackberry and raspberry and conditioned on whole Madagascar vanilla beans and sliced almonds. This one was also hopped with cashmere mosaic. Wander, 4.5% Pilsner um, with Nelson Saban. Uh, still Prairie Fooder fermented double IPA with Citra and then double dry hopped in stainless with Sabro and Mosaic. Princewood, American Pale Ale with a blend of Centennial, Chinook, Columbus, and Simcoe hops coming in at 5.5%. And lastly on that end, uh, Lookout Mountain, 4.5% dry session IPA, hop mostly with the Zaka and Citra. All right, we got Source up next with uh, Jack O'Lantern, a 12% ABV triple cream ale conditioned on organic Peruvian coffee beans, pumpkin spice, and milk sugar. And Prince of Darkness, uh, 9 point. Uh, 9% ABV fruited Imperial IPA conditioned on raspberry, cherry, and red currant. Let's talk about Wild Air Beer Works. Have you been there yet or not? I, I haven't. I had their Pilsner in the can. Okay. It was pretty good. Um, so I had some stuff to go. Um, then Herod uh, Vice Lager and, and Quick Bean New Zealand Pilsner 4-packs and bottles of Divergent Paths Brett uh, Pale Ale. Uh, Hudson Valley did some collabs with threes. One is End of the Line, a Marzen-style, Oak-Age Marzen-style lager, and also Greatly Exaggerated, which is a botanical little sour IPA with wheat and oat, lemon verbena, and lemongrass. Herloom, ancient grain sour farmhouse ale with New York, si- New York State spelt, rye, barley, and emmer. Am I saying that right? <laughs> yes, I think emmer, yes. <laughs> Aged in oak barrels for one year and bottle condition with local wildflower honey. They did apple cider donut silhouette, uh, which is sour IPA with everything that you would expect it to have, and pastel, which is a little different here, Hudson Valley cider. It's a blend of cider apples from Hudson Valley orchards, fermented with native yeast and aged oak for 12 months. Let's talk Conclave. They re-released their fourth anniversary IPA, which is cool because I, I like the fact when a a brewery will do an anniversary IPA and then be like, you know what, we really like that. Why don't we do it again? All right. Um, next, we have Whims, which I believe it's a brand new brewery. Um, they released Muffed, a new Saison fermented with our forage yeast and conditioned on spelt on spent nectarines and roasted pumpkins. And Little Spooky, which is actually the name of my uncle's dog, <laughs> uh, pumpkin spice beer with cinnamon sticks, vanilla, shaven nutmeg, and a dose of lactose. Um, so I've never had these guys, and i actually been one uh, to try a Noble Savage. They, uh, they make some really good stuff. Really? Yeah. Um, Hazy Wizard, 7.5% IPA with orange blossom honey and hopped with Nelson, Galaxy, and Motuer. Yeah, I am not familiar with that I, hop. I've never heard of that one. <laughs> All, All right. right. All right, let's talk national release, a side project. Uh, you know, I try not to start with side projects all the time, but then they like they, they come out with happens. some big stuff, and I'm <laughs> like, how do I not, right? So uh, I'll start with Continuance Blend 3. Um, it's Continuance is their series of blended stouts, barley wines, and other spirit barrel-aged beers. This one, Blend 3, consists of threads, which include Triple Barrel MJK, Single Barrel MJK, Port Barrel Age Rye Wine and Anabasis, which were aged in oak from wow. 12 to 46 months. 
Uh, next up, Derivation Blend 16, barrel-aged stout with sump coffee, uh, barrel-aged maple syrup, and Uganda vanilla, on-site only. And the big one, they announced, well, I mean, never mind, these two are actually... <laughs> Uh, derivation that's yes. an outside only that's the biggest thing that they make but bbt 2022 Everybody is pretty goddamn big so. and they announced that that sale is going to be on november 6th at 11 a.m eastern time everybody get to your computers keep on refreshing and uh good luck good luck Best with that luck. one angry chairs next you want to start off with that one sure uh they did ba wilfred imperial sweet stout with coconut vanilla beans uh cocoa nibs and maple aged in bourbon barrels and then we don't need to go through the whole draft list, but the draft list for Wilford Day was absolutely bonkers with all the sugary, sugary, sugary adjuncted beers you can think of. Let's stay in that area. Let's talk about Corporate Ladder. All right, this one's uh, an interesting one. It's Double Barrel Champurrado. What is that is what I want to know. Read it, man. Mexican hot it. chocolate inspired imperial style aged in apple brandy barrels and then stag junior barrels for 25 total months. Um, before being conditioned on toasted marshmallows, cinnamon, agave nectar, cayenne pepper, cocoa nibs, and vanilla. Wow. Yeah, wow is right. And, you know, it's holiday, a uh, holiday, Halloween. Well, Halloween's a holiday. But it's that season, right? So they did the long live the horror. <laughs> and these are the bottle drops that they did with it. I'll start with probably the best known movie yes. horror whatever, Dracula. Right? It's 6.5% ABV, gluten-free dessert beer, uh, conditioned on red currant, Montmorency cherry, and fluff. The Mummy, 6.5% ABV, gluten-free dessert beer, conditioned on cream of coconut, white chocolate, vanilla ice cream, and banana. And Frankenstein, 6.5% ABV, gluten-free dessert beer, conditioned on mango, vanilla ice cream, cinnamon, and cayenne pepper all those are these gluten-free dessert beers they must have had a stout right yeah creature from the black lagoon imperial style condition on wild thai uh, banana and ca- cocoa nibs collab with zool zool 13.5 percent and they also did dessert station blueberry danish that's a collab with bottle logic speaking of zool uh, Mortalis released their new Azul. This one is in blue glow wax. Now, what does that mean? The wax glows in wow. the dark. And they also released a glass with this one that also glowed and glows in the dark and had the Ghostbusters logo on it. Needed. Awesome. I know. It's really <laughs> awesome glass. Uh, Azul's a coffee stout. Uh, it's a yearly release to celebrate Halloween. This w- They aged the base in Rip Van Winkle and Weller wow. Special Reserve Barrels for 18 months and then conditioned it on marshmallows and most for Philippine heritage coffee. Venus Pumpkin Loaf Pumpkin Loaf. It's a milk stout. They did Prometheus and Imperial Stout with white macadamia nuts, Dominican cocoa nibs, Marcona almonds, dark grade maple syrup, and most for coffee. Hydra Zombie. The fruited sour was brewed with in collaboration with Beer Zombies. It's blended with raspberry, tart black currants, uh, boysenberries, marshmallows, and vanilla. Zombie Gods and Goddesses. It's a double IPA. Brewed in collaboration with Beer Zombies as well. This one is a pale, hazy uh, base hopped exclusively with Citra and Cryo Citra. And also, if you live in New York State, they're doing deliveries now 
but that's nice. just cans, no ah. bottles. So it's exciting, but <laughs> it could be more exciting. Let's put it that way. All right, so we got our Weldworks next. Um, Fadeaway Perfect. It's a collaboration with uh, Blackstack Brewing. It's an 8.9% dipper. Uh, Abomination. So this was interesting, and I'll, and I'll t I'm, I'm going to talk about this beer, and then I'm going to tell you why it's interesting, right? Uh, it's called Veil Splitter. It's a 13.6% barrel-aged imperial stout, aged in Heaven Hill barrels, then conditioned on pumpkin, spice, and vanilla. And the reason this is interesting to me, it's another pumpkin beer. And I think a lot of people for a while were just like, they were sick of pumpkin beers, right? We've mentioned a bunch of them now in this episode with releases, a lot of pumpkin beers. I almost feel like they're coming back. And this beer was released. Somebody went on the Timber Enthusiast page and put up just like, a bunch of like really cool beers uh, as the for trade in search of this beer really and he the guy kind of got roasted for they're like why do you want a pumpkin beer he closed the deal he did he closed the deal and you know people like what they like man like hey, if they want to drink that that's cool makes you happy and i'll tell you i had one of abominations imperial stouts last year uh i forget the name of it but it was awesome so yeah abominations you know. making good beers man um the next one from them is Under the Cover of Night. It's a collaboration with Barrel Souls again, and one of my favorite styles, a uh, uh, barley wine coming at 12.5%, uh, brewed with pie crust, pecans, and vanilla beans. And they did Triple Pumpkin, Forbidden Pumpkin, 9.3% Imperial Pumpkin Milkshake IPA, three times the pumpkin, vanilla, and spice. Trillium's up next, Death Metal, their Triple IPA. Fidens did a collab with Commonwealth called Sea Glass and Saltwater. It's a 12% imperial stout with hazelnut, vanilla bean, coffee, cocoa nibs, and coconuts. Tweka, 7% IPA with almost Tweka hops. And they did a bunch of other IPAs. I'll run through them quickly. Vibrant Beauty, Double IPA Citra and Rakao, Use It Up, Double IPA Citra and Simcoe, Teacher's Pet, Pale Ale, Citra, and Nelson. Rooftop Stories, Double IPA, Citra, and Idaho 7, and Super Heavy Cut, 10% Triple IPA, Citra, Galaxy, and Mosaic. Weathered Souls, nearest to kin. 13.5% ABV Imperial Style, aged for 14 months in Uncle Nearest Barrels with Dead Stock Coffee and Vanilla Beans, a collaboration with Brock Brock Brockton, Brockton Beer from yeah. uh, Massachusetts. Yeah. Gotta give them a try. Uh, Voodoo. I think I'm pronouncing this right, Jirat. It's an extended boil imperial stout aged 35 wow. months in 15-year Pappy Van Winkle barrels. It's 12.7%. Floodland 2021, the... Constellatory Practice. It's a blend of Saison embracing a long macerated white grape pomaces and re-fermented with several varieties of pale organic plums and pluots. Great notion. Uh, Bourbon Barley's Night of the Living Squash, uh, collaboration with uh, Beer Zombies again. It's uh, Bourbon Barley's Imperial Stout aged in several Weller and Widow Jane Bourbon barrels for a period of 20 to 30 months. Once the time was right, they flavored the stout Based with marshmallows, maple syrup, cinnamon, and cocoa nibs. Co cocoa nibs. Uh, eight state uh, fadeaway. Uh, it's an aged rum-staved mixed fermentation sour ale with ground Ecuadorian vanilla, blood orange, blackberry, and tangerine. No, 
Two Tides uh, collaboration. Um, it's a praline Sunday Imperial Stout with chocolate and vanilla, vegan soft served, uh, vanilla beans, roasted pecans, praline pecans, Peruvian cocoa nibs, marshmallows, and caramel. And Time Warp, bourbon barrel aged Imperial Stout aged in Maker's Mark private select barrels for two years and one month before being adjuncted with touches of vanilla, cocoa nibs, and cashew bark. Odd by Nature, Red-Headed Stepson. Collab with Jay Wakefield. It's a chunk, chunky on the can cover. Chunky oh, from sorry. Uh, Child's <laughs> yes, Play. Child's Play. Sorry about that. <laughs> Our 5.5% sour ale uh, with strawberry sour belts, fresh strawberries, rhubarb, Madagascar, vanilla beans, and marshmallow. And burial. You got to talk about, you, you can talk about beer names. These are some of the, you know, they, they do Halloween all year. Yes, You know, do. with their beer names. So I'll start with this one. Things we see in darkness dwell in the damnation of the unforgiven. Oh, it's an imperial stout with candy pumpkins, caramels, honey, dulce de leche, cocoa butter, and Tahitian vanilla bean. In between the madness and mortality, triple IPA mashed with lots of oats made with candy sugar and incognito. Triple dry hopped with hand-selected mosaic, motueca, and amarillo cryo. The Fortress of Immaculate Thought, a barrel-aged sour ale with blueberries. Apostle for None, an imperial stout with chocolate, Tahitian vanilla, peanut butter, and banana. And we'll go, uh, let's go down a Vale. They did a bunch of beers for Halloween. We'll, we'll end with Vale. So right. here, here's, uh, here's one of them that they did. Never Never Dead Dead. Very, very Vale name, right? Yes. All Hallows Goza, brewed with double neon sour gummy worms and double oh sour gummy bears. Catboy meets Batboy, enhanced. <laughs> 6%, the enhanced version of the Halloween IPA with Citra, Nelson, and Ruwaka. Now, this one's got to be a sweet, sweet, sweet mother effer. This one is uh, Candy Bar Hon uh, Hornswoggler 2.0. It's their Halloween version of the Hornswoggler Chocolate Milk Stout. It features Snickers, toffee, chocolate bars, peanut butter cups, and M&Ms for good measure. Wow. Finally, we have Creep 8% All Hollows Pumpkin Pie Double IPA, brewed with big piles of oats, pumpkin pies, and a generous hop profile of Citra and Enigma. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. Long episode, I know. We were, uh, first of all, Jose, so happy you were able to join uh, me and co-host. Thank you for having me. We went to, to two of your favorite places. Yes. I couldn't have done this without you, so thank you so thank much. Thank you, man. Keep uh, up the great work. For anybody who has not visited The Seed, who has not visited Alternate Ending, what the hell are you doing? Get over it. Get over Get over there. And until next time, America, drink up and stay beautiful.
never got a real funky concept Listen up, cause I'm gonna keep you in step I got an idea that I wanna share You don't like it, so what? I don't care I'm number one, the uno, I like punk Bring all the suckers, cause all of them I'll stomp Won't neglect, but I won't protect All of my followers, cause all I want is respect I'm not a boxer, but the man who boxer A slick brother that can easy out boxer He's on hard, the last name they check And over mic, I'm known to be the freshest So let's start, it shouldn't be too hard I'm not a sucker, so I don't need a bodyguard I won't fess where bulletproof vests Don't smoke Buddha, I can't stand sex, yes Get weary, don't cheer me, just 